Golly, that was sure pretty, huh? Yeah. It's like the mist is what's pretty, you know? All gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Too bad it can't stay like that all the time. Nothing gold can stay. Huh? Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower. But only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today. Nothing gold can stay. Where'd you learn that? That's what I meant. Robert Frost wrote it. I always remembered it because I never quite knew what he meant by it. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? With me, as not always, as I've just been told, is Jameson Very Good Rabbit. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing spectacular, Mike. How long has it been since we recorded, son? Uh, it's been since last August. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while. Uh, I believe this is the end of... Was uh, the last one uh, kind of a fitting title for the last time we were together? (laughs) (laughs) I did specifically say that this is not the end of STL, so no worries. Uh Uh, You know, and eh, it took a little while, but... It's all good in the hood, man. You, sure. I, I did hear from you though because you did email in on the year end episode. So that's right. Good times. Yep. Um, did you, uh, did you finally, you, you never told me. Did you finish that episode? You're like, oh yeah, I, I'm a partial way through. I haven't. Finished. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a, uh, it was a long episode. Yeah, I did finish it. Yes, I did, sir. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, did you like it? I did enjoy it. Excellent. I just finished yours today. It was All good right. times. I love how Mike gave you the spoiler to hear. Uh, you probably recorded the episode by now, but I like how he gave you kind of spoilers to your show before you actually recorded your uh, real reviews. Uh, sure. in episode. That was kind of cool. So. Yeah. Well, man, you and I have... Uh, whose fault is it we haven't recorded? Is it your fault or my fault? Oh, boy. I don't know. Who to... <laughs> oh well it's a confluence of events that have caused six months to pass by yeah well you're not uh we haven't actually talked about this you're not that busy with snow plowing since there's been no snow has there yeah again yes what the hell have you been doing since you're not snow plowing uh are are you still doing like other stuff if you're not you know there's no snow they're still making you do overtime and stuff or what's up uh, and not as much as I'd like, but yeah, we still go out because it's icy out. So we still go out and throw some sand and salt around the streets, but there's, uh, hasn't been a whole lot of reasons to put the plow down and that that's where I make my money uh, in the winter, at least, uh, by overtime. So, um, it's been all right though. I've been, I had a lot more family time, a lot more uh, sitting in the movie theater time. Uh, nice. and you know, I've got, I got things to keep me busy, so it's all right. Good deal. Good deal. Um, so you went to your daughter's school today? Uh, my sons, my uh, my Ooh. middle boy, Landon. Yeah, I went to his school today. And uh, how was that experience? <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't even know how long it was. I signed up for this thing like three months ago. And they're like, just pick a day. And I'm like, well, I'm off the day after uh, Martin Luther King. Sure. And they're like, yeah, just come on in. They're looking for dads. Come in and just hang out and be a presence there. Like, okay. And 
So I thought that it was like a few hours. I didn't know that it was the entire day. Oh. Uh, so I, it was cool. I got to hang out and kind of bounce from class to class and kept coming back to Landon's class every once in a while and just kind of um, worked my way through the school from class to class. And uh, it was entertaining, to say the least. And uh, awesome. got to try and fit myself into a uh, a school, um, a grade school lunchroom table. That was fun. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are not made for men my size. <laughs> oh man, that's that that's crazy, man. Well, uh let's see. Uh okay. So I don't know if you you probably know about the whole water bursting, right? Yesterday? I do, yes. <laughs> so okay, so check this out. It is it was thirty-three below zero in Illinois, probably colder where you've been. Uh this happened on Sunday was the uh was the day and of course so my washer and dryer are in the kitchen and we have you know the typical hoses that go outside you know for your uh we use those for the washer and dryer and they we drill the hole so that way it would attach itself to the pipes in the basement because it's too cold to go in the basement to do you know laundry and stuff and it just you know it heats up the house too in the winter time when you got the dryer not so nice in the summertime but sure. uh, Sunday is usually when I do my laundry for work and do the kids' school uh, uniforms and stuff. All of a sudden, the washer's frozen. I'm like, damn it. And I'm like, oh, I know why, because it's 33 below zero outside. That's why. So we spent all day trying, you know, heat lamps, things like that, trying to get that thing all ready to go. And finally, uh, after, you know, we turned the dryer, got that turned on, and we got the pipes uh, unfrozen, all was well. So did laundry all night. So Monday morning comes Martin Luther King. Obviously, the kids are off. So purposely turned on all the water. You know, toilet was working. Everything was going good. Things are great. I'm about ready to leave for work at 8 a.m. My wife tells me, hey, we have no water. I said, how the hell is that possible we have no water? There's no way the pipes could have freeze that fast. I'm like considering it's 22 below zero, not 33. And she goes, look, we have no water. Turned it on, nothing. I could not yes. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Nothing comes out, dude. I'm like, what is going on here? That's when I send you the text. I'm like, oh my God, I'm freaking out thinking, what the hell happened? So I'm like, okay, I got to go to work. And this time water would come, but it was very, very little, no pressure whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Get to work and find out that one of the guys that uh, works there, his wife works at a hospital and they got an emergency thing about how the water, uh, the water main uh, broke. And that's why there's people with no water or no water pressure. I'm like, great. And that's when you're like, oh, yeah, that'll happen. And you said that happens once a year around your neck of the woods, right? My street, my cul-de-sac I live on, five consecutive years we've had a water main break on my street. Oh, it sucks. It's terrible. Uh, how long is your water boil thing usually happen for? Uh, what do you mean? Like once the water gets turned on, do they have you boil water for like a no. consecutive amount of time? Okay. No, they just tell us to run it for about five minutes and knock all the rust and junk out of the line you know oh, well they told us we had to do a water boil for 24 hours oh really uh, yeah no, not me. yeah the whole time i had i had ours happen on uh christmas eve a couple of years ago came home and uh all this equipment it was the water main had broken right across the street from my house like directly across my driveway and i come home it's christmas eve we have people coming over for christmas eve and can't get into my house. I can't get into my driveway because they have so much equipment blocking it. And there's no water the entire day. And it was like an hour before all our guests got there. They turned our water back on. It was like, oh my God. start cooking. 
start cooking things quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was not fun. Uh, so that, yeah, that's been my weekend. Uh, this, 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 I can't stand this cold, man. I, I really can't. And I don't know how the hell you deal with it when you go out there, man. It's crazy. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, <sighs> it's like sweatshirt weather out right now. 20 below? Oh. Oh, man, I was out playing basketball today with no gloves on. <laughs> I have frostbite, so that won't happen. Two minutes, no gloves on, boom, my fingers are numb, man. So. <laughs> well, sir, uh, we are talking about the Outsiders State, but before we get into our story of why we're doing it and get into the things, all that fun stuff, you want to talk some news, sir? Why not? Let's do it. All right, sir. So news. Here's what I want to talk about for news, because there really isn't much except, you know, STL news. Uh, I recently posted a trailer this morning or this afternoon about how, ooh, this trailer is funnier than the whole entire movie of a sequel that nobody wanted, which was Neighbors. It was very disappointing that movie. It's a piece of crap. And you, as you always do, you don't know how to be serious on Facebook. It's always sarcastic. You're the king of sarcasm. So for a half a second, I almost believed you when you said you're looking forward to this movie. And then you said, we'll talk about it tonight. So let's start talking, sir. Neighbors 2 trailer drops today. We got Selena Gomez in there. You know, our our guilty pleasure, if you will. You know, same old love, good times. Uh, Yeah. And then we have Chloe Grace Moretz in there. And then, of course, the other guys are back. And this actually looks funny, but I've been burned on the first one. Now, are you being serious when you say you're looking forward to this one, or is that a pile of crap, sir? I'm absolutely looking forward to this. I saw this trailer yesterday, yesterday, in uh, when I went to go see Ride Along 2. It was the first time I saw this trailer. Oh, God. And, uh, look, it's got my girl, Chloe. Yep. I love me some Chloe Grace Moretz. Yep. It's got another one of my favorite young actresses, Kiersey Clemens, who I fell in love with in Dope. I thought she was great, and... I see she's in this too as her like uh, one of her cohorts, um, <laughs> one of the sorority sisters. I like that, and you know you get Zac Efron back. I thought he was pretty funny. You he get was. Dave Franco back, which okay, we got Dave Franco, but yeah, um, it looks like it's maybe a little less Seth Rogen, and by by a little less Seth Rogen, I'm talking about. I'm hoping he keeps his clothes on more than he did in the first one. I saw too much Seth Rogen in the first one. Yeah. 
This all, one I'm hoping for less ass than I saw in the first one. <laughs> but, uh, I'm hoping all the jokes aren't in the trailer because, for real, the first movie, all the jokes were in the trailer. Yeah. This one does look like it'll have a little bit more up its sleeve. I like the fact we're switching the girls and, and Zac Efron is kind of the the, the, the in-between of the two. I kind of like that. I like how they're kind of changing things up. It's not a complete, you know, reboot, press, you know, hit rewind, press play and change things up a little bit. It looks like they're going to try to do something different. But I don't know. I was burned on the first one and I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to that movie. Yeah. Uh, but too bad you had to watch Ride Along too, man. I feel see it. This is the problem when you have to watch every movie. I feel sorry for your ass. Look, telling you. Ride Along Two is the best movie I saw yesterday. <laughs> no joke. For real? Yeah, yeah. I saw that and then went back to back. Me and my oldest boy went back to back and saw Norm of the North. Norm of the North, the animated movie starring the voice of Rob Schneider. Ooh. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's got a big zero next to it. Zero percent. I don't know the last time I saw a zero percent movie in the theater. Is Deadpool going to be our, our resurrection of the box office, sir, of quality? Uh, we shall see. That is mid-February. That's I don't think anything's coming before then. Well, uh, It's not going to be the boy this weekend. I know that. Yeah. Well, let's kind of talk about now that we're here, we're in 2016. We're, we're finally going to get the movies we talked about all last year. Uh, we're finally going to get this year. So let's kind of go through... Uh, kind of go down the list a little bit. Let's check excitement levels at this point in the game. Uh, by the way, amazing post you read about the superhero bubble. It's something me and you offline always talk about. When is yeah. the superhero bubble going to bust? Yeah. And I kinda, I'm close. I, I kind of feel like I'm in a kind of a crossroads. This is the time of my life I've always wanted where I wanted superheroes everywhere. And the cool thing is at least I'm not getting uh, horror movie 80s and 90s style where it's just – there's no quality behind it. Let's just make it cheap and we'll make big bucks. At least we know that it has to be quality. You got to spend time on it for people to care about it. So that's kind of the good thing in regards to superhero movies because if it's crap, aka Fantastic Four, people know that it's crap and, and they're going to bomb your stuff, you know? Um, so at least it's forcing the filmmakers, hey, we got to make quality here. I, I dig that. But considering, in fact, I got to go to 2020. And I feel like, dude, there's a superhero movie out every other weekend almost. It's, it's like diluting the product. Am I in the 80s and 90s again in the horror style frame? I don't know, man. It's kind of, I don't know. So kind of going down this list here. So Deadpool is our first movie. And I'm I'm very happy it's rated R. I, I love mm-hmm. the fact of the PG-13 petition going out. I've I've actually had arguments with people about why this, how this couldn't have been PG-13. Like, oh well, it should have been PG-13. Like, have you not know? Do you not know who Deadpool is? Stop and the, being stupid. And the thing is, this movie got greenlit because of a rated R short film on YouTube. That's the whole purpose of why this movie got greenlit. And if you notice, it's always in the trailers to remind people, hey, this was a short film that Ryan Reynolds did for fun. And people love it, so of course it's going to be rated R. So I don't think they're going to lose. Um, Blade was rated R, did fantastic. I And now the superhero genre is way more people are engrossed in it than they were back in the Blade days. I think Deadpool will be just fine. I think I don't have to worry about it being in February. I think it'll be okay. I actually have excitement level for Deadpool. Uh, plus I got the video game recently, so I'm kind of getting my wife into it and stuff like that. So maybe I can convince her to go. Uh, for Deadpool, how are you right now? Um, you know, I'm excitement. fairly, I'm fairly excited for it. More than, more than anything, I am just, I've fallen in love with the ad campaign and how much Ryan Reynolds has thrown himself into this character. He's found something that is perfect for him. I feel like he wants to live 24 seven 
as Deadpool. Yeah. And I'm cool with it. If he, if he doesn't want to make any more sappy, horrible chick flicks and just wants to make Deadpool, that's fine. Because it, it feels like he's having so much fun just with all of his little things that he's doing as the character. That's raising my interest level uh, higher than it was before. So Exactly. He believes, in, he believes in this product so much. And you can see that. You're right. The ad campaign has been fantastic. He, the cool thing is, is that... The stuff he's doing for, like, for example, he goes into a theater, spray paints over Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. It's It doesn't piss off the Batman versus Superman people because it's actually, he's not disrespecting them because he puts love letters on, you know, Wonder Woman and stuff. It's like, he's it's re, it's a respectful marketing that they're doing, but still being Deadpool-ish, if you know what I'm saying. So it's, right. br- it's brilliant marketing, just like the Star Wars marketing. He's living the gimmick right now. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'm super excited for that. Um, Neighbors 2, we talked about. We got uh, BBS, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which this is DC week. We got the return of Flash Arrow. We got uh, a new uh, Dawn of Justice episode on CW premieres tomorrow kind of giving you behind the scenes interviews for the first time with Gal Gadot about Wonder Woman things like that uh, so the time has come and we're, we're almost two months away uh, is this going to be the greatest movie of the year probably not probably not for a long shot uh, do I think it's going to hopefully live up to the hype I pray and hope so I mean I bought the cereal the other day and the cereal was <laughs> trash but the boxes were awesome you know uh-huh. Um, I don't know, man. I- I'm going in with I'm going into this with not super high expectations, but just going in hoping I'm not disappointed. You know, it's the, I've waited my whole life for Batman versus Superman on the big screen, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't I don't know, man, how I'm feeling about this. It, I'm going in with really low expectations for this movie. Yeah. Um, I I stated over on Flix podcast. I stated. Uh, in a, a bit of a heated argument about uh, how I felt about the trailer that they dropped and um, and just the direction of it. I'm still not 100% sold on Zack Snyder as a director uh, for a, a massive project. And so he's <laughs> done nothing to dissuade my, my fears. And so I go in with really low expectations. And I found that it's better than going in with high expectations because uh, it's it's harder to get burned when you go in expecting it to be so-so. Right. You know, and that's that's you know that's all I want. Just don't just don't ruin things, DC. That's yeah. all. You know. I think if I come out with four stars, I'll be happy. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. expecting five. Yeah, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Um, it blow me away. That's awesome. That would be great. But uh, I'm afraid of going in uh, expecting greatness and uh, falling short. And you know. Yeah. No one likes that. But I did love the video where Superman kicks the Batmobile. That was awesome. And uh, he's just like, your time is the bad is dead. You know, consider this mercy. And uh, yeah, that that was actually an awesome clip. That got me kind of pumped up. But uh, stay away from the cereal, folks. Just buy the box. <laughs> Tip from the pro. Uh, okay, so we got a horror movie coming out called The Witch, a.k.a. Two V's put together creating The Witch. I saw this trailer. Looks pretty insane. This could be the horror movie of the year. And then so? I and then I saw The Conjuring 2, considering The Conjuring oh, yeah. is the, was my favorite horror movie of that year. The whole Conjuring universe is so great. It is. So Conjuring 2, I will say it now, will be the horror movie of the year, guaranteed. So What about Cloverfield Lane? Uh, I don't Ten know, man. Cloverfield Lane, the movie that came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, you were excited about this because you weren't expecting this this trailer, and you got what it was the best part of the whole movie experience. Wasn't I went it? to see Thirteen Hours. Yeah, the uh, Michael Bay Benghazi movie. Oh god, um, with half the cast of The Office in it, and um, and yeah, this trailer like out of nowhere. You know, dude, I, I, not much slips by me in the movie realm these days. And uh, this thing comes on, I'm like, what's John Goodman in? This seems pretty cool. And then I was like, holy crap, <laughs> a Cloverfield movie? <laughs> What? That was pretty cool. Awesome. I'm excited for it. I don't think... I, look, another one where I'm going low expectations because I don't think you could recapture the magic of the first one because that one came out of nowhere. True. You know, nobody knew what it was, who this, what was going on, blah, blah, blah. And this looks like um, a bit more of a Blair Witch 2 than a Blair Witch 1 where it, it looks doesn't look like it's the uh, same narrative style. Like they, It's more of a, a standard feature film like you know not shaky cam so much so. true true uh another movie i am looking completely forward to is london has fallen i love olympus has fallen i yeah. think it's a fantastic movie it's like the best Die Hard movie since Die Hard. i mean it's i love I that movie use it every day with uh the other one yeah Channing white Channing. house down yeah. yeah uh but london has fallen we're getting a sequel same people just in london kicking ass i'm excited i know it's gonna be a total c movie but you know what I'm going to be there opening night. I can't Love wait to it. see that movie. Uh, okay, what about Suicide Squad? I think Suicide Squad is going to be the sleeper hit of the summer. I, that's the that's the phrase I was going to use. Yep, that's yeah. what I think. I, I'm so down for that. The posters are fantastic. The new trailer hits tomorrow on the CW special. So uh, if I don't, I'll get this episode out in time. So you'll miss it. But hey, maybe you can YouTube it. Uh, okay, what about Divergent 3? Uh, I'm somewhat excited for that, I guess. Too bad they're making it into two parts, though. That kind of sucks. Yeah, it's the standard standard way they do it now. Um, yeah, I, I like this franchise. Like, out of all of these franchises of this type, um, this is the one that, so far, the first two haven't disappointed me. Uh, the Scorch Trials, the Maze Runner, the sequel, disappointed me. I've been disappointed by some of the Hunger Games movies. So far, Divergent has, has held its own for me. Cool. Now, I like The Scorch Trials a lot. I actually bought that movie without seeing it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, See, I was disappointed in it. For real? Yep. yep. Uh, well, that's a talk for another time. <laughs> that it is. Huntsman 2? Eh, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Now, Captain America Civil War. I love Captain America. My only problem with this movie is Captain America's in it. I'm so tired of this guy. I am done with, with Iron Man. Ugh. Whatever. See, this is kind of really the impetus for what I was writing the other day is, look, I, I, I enjoy these characters. I've had a good time with these characters. It's been a wild ride. We've had a lot of fun, but I'm just about done. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I still I'm going to I'll be there opening night to see this. And, you know, I'm hoping it'll be a good time and whatever. But it just it feels almost like work to get excited for movies like this now if, if iron man doesn't lose a couple arms and legs from captain america <laughs> i'm gonna be pissed i i'm just i'm done with i'm robert Dun i don't know I, I, avengers 2 pissed me off so much where i never want to see iron man ever again i'm just i'm done i really am that that's ugh. the more i think about avengers 2 the more i hate that movie um i'm civil war I love Captain America. I am down. Plus the guy, the what is it? The Russo brothers are the ones directing it who did the second one. Uh, sure. It, I believe that's correct. 
I, I'm super pumped to see what they do. I just hope Iron Man's not in the movie a whole lot, but I know he's going to be. I mean, it's kind of funny that Civil War comes out at the same time, Batman v Superman, you know, two Boy Scouts fighting two rich guys in the same year, whatever. Uh, that's kind of a funny joke going around, but I don't know, man. Uh, my my, I I can't wait to see Batman v Superman Civil War. I'm kind of like it could be the last on my list at this point. So I know it's probably a bad thing to say, but mm-hmm. I I think I want to see more than I want to see X Men uh, Apocalypse, just because Days of Future Past was so fantastic, especially the Rogue uh, cut was fantastic. This trailer that hit for Apocalypse, I don't know how excited I am for this movie now. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. This is another one. Like, I've been on this ride with you guys for a... Oh, I mean, this is like kind of like the beginning of the good superhero movies was X-Men. Yeah, definitely. You know, X-Men and Spider-Man, this is where... It, we, okay, they don't all have to be crappy movies. And X2 and, was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, and, and so I've enjoyed most of them. You know, there's been a lot of really big misses along the way for them. But the last couple I've enjoyed... But it does just feel like, okay, let's go on this journey again. Um, <laughs> you know, and, okay. I'm, I I like that it's not, at least from the trailer, it's not Wolverine-centric. I like that. Because um, that's what really has gotten me beat down is everything's Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine. Um, and Wolverine has missed more than he's hit on these movies, I think. And uh, so I like that it's not just the Wolverine story, at least from the trailer, but... I don't know, man. I'm ready to be done with this this section of their story, and uh, I don't know. I don't know where we go from there, but yeah, I hear you. I am actually pumped for TMNT too because that's gonna be like the cartoon coming on the big screen, man. That that trailer, I was so pumped, man. I watched that a couple times a day because just every time <laughs> it's tricky comes on, and I see Bebop, Rocksteady. Granted, it's Seamus playing it. Who cares? But I don't know, man. Casey Jones looks fantastic. I'm super pumped for this. It comes out right around my birthday, so I don't know. I, I'm not expecting five stars, but I'm expecting it to be better than the first one, and I love the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm super pumped for for part two. Uh, that's one of my highest movies. I can't wait to see. Um, and Independence Day 2, fantastic trailer. Um, so um, I don't know. How about you? Are you excited about seeing Independence Day 2? Um, I'll, I'll see it. I mean, the trailer looks good. I'm not a big fan of the first one, though. Oh, okay. Um, I was never, like, blown away by the first one. Like, wow, this is, yeah, it was cool, and I dug it, and I saw it a couple times in the theater. But um, something about it just, in my mind, it doesn't hold up. So the second one came, and I've been hearing rumors about this thing forever. They've been talking about Independence Day 2 for five years. Um, and the trailer kind of came, and it's like, oh, it looks pretty cool. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, have any excitement level towards it, though. Okay. Ghostbusters, I'm kind of turning around on that. That's cool. I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, Finding Dory, are you somewhat excited at all for that? Um, yeah, marginal. I don't know. I loved I love Pixar movies, but uh, Finding Nemo just kind of sits in the middle for me. For and I'm just getting. I want I want Pixar to if they're going to keep making sequels to the previous movies, give me the Incredible sequel that I've been asking for for a decade. Yeah, you know if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to make Monsters Inc. sequels and Finding Nemo sequels and Cars bastardizations, um, <laughs> just give me that. You know because either that or or put your put your thoughts and your money into more great original ideas like Inside Out and less ones like The Good Dinosaur. Number one movie of the year, baby. Inside Out. <laughs> Inside Out, yeah. 
Hell yeah. yeah, I watched it again today at school. <laughs> Just, I, I'm, the, I'm the grown man in the back of the kindergarten classroom getting a little weepy. I know. It's so good, man. <laughs> okay, so what is your – last year, mine was Furious 7. I knew immediately what my what my most anticipated movie of the year was. I wasn't disappointed. Um, I think just you know hearing see you again or hearing see you again every five minutes on the radio just kind of like everything just kind of poked at me. It's like oh this movie is not holding up for me and stuff. But you, what is your number one most anticipated movie of the year? Do you know what that is at this point in time? I don't think it's exactly revealed itself i mean i am excited for rogue one next year the star wars movie at the end of this year um you know next christmas i'm excited for that um i i haven't exactly nailed down what like the one is that i'm super excited for because it feels like the slate is just packed we didn't talk about doctor strange another superhero movie feels like the slate is just packed with those um and i'm i'm looking for the one that really Gets me excited. Suicide Squad will probably be the most original concept idea yep. of superhero movie we're going to get this year, and I can't wait for it. I would say, by far, Batman v Superman, just because I, Batman and Superman I, I love and adore. They're my two favorite heroes. I mean, I wear them every freaking day, even though I wear business clothes. I still, all my customers always like, is that a Superman and Batman ring? I'm like, absolutely, my two favorite heroes. I carry it with me all the time. So, of course, that's my most anticipated movie of the year. But I know going into it, my high expectations, say, I had with Furious 7 are not going to be met with Batman v Superman. I'm hoping so. I'm going to go in with low and hopefully come out like, wow, that was amazing. You know, Suicide Squad, though, I think is going to be the movie that just blows me away. And it'll be I think that'll be like my favorite movie of the year until I get to some of these other big ones. But now, I don't, wait, I don't are know. you telling me that, that all of this is higher for you? Than Central Intelligence, I hate what's his name. Kevin Hart. I, I hate that guy with a passion. But that trailer was so funny. I watched it a couple times, and I'm just like, "Are we cool? No, cool." You know, I I, I cannot wait to see that. I think it'll be Dwayne's best comic comedic performance by far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. That that's far down on my list. Absolutely. I think okay. I think I think mine at the moment. Uh, if I had to pick one, is uh, the upcoming Bourne sequel. Getting Matt Damon back on board in the Bourne universe. Getting in an actress that I have head over heels for with Alicia Vikander uh, in the Bourne movies. And I just, man, I'm a, I love those Bourne movies. Those are the best spy movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for that one. I'm really excited that he's back and, and seeing awesome. little on-set clips from that. So. Cool. I, I didn't even know that was coming out this year. Awesome. Good yeah. deal. All right. So in regards to the superhero, where would uh, where would you rank... In excitement level of one to five, what would be the top five that, you know, you're like, okay, from one to five, this is, you know, me and one would be Batman v Superman, two would be Suicide Squad, three is Deadpool, four would be Captain America, and then five would be X-Men. Oh, boy. I would probably say Deadpool would be at the top for me. Okay. Just because it's something that I haven't seen. Right. Fair enough. Uh, at least not done well. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, boy, man. Um, probably uh, X-Men is at the bottom for me. Right. Uh, five would be X-Men. Four would be Captain America. Just like Three would be Batman Superman. Two would be Suicide Squad. And one would be deadpool okay me. cool awesome yeah. not that far off good times 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, how about? Uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, that's all I really want to talk about. Just kind of, it's our first <laughs> episode of the year. Kind of, where do we stand on the upcoming movies? Uh, kind of how we feel now, and how are we going to feel after they come out? That'll be kind of fun. Maybe we can get together for some of those. You know, our big hitters. That'd be True enough. Uh, but in the meantime, how about we uh, talk about the 1983 classic, The Outsiders? You want to do it? Holy crap. Uh, yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. The Outsiders. Pony Boy, Dallas, Johnny, Cherry, Soda Pop, Daryl, Two Bit, Steve, Bob. Essie Hetton's classic novel comes to the screen, capturing all the intensity, all the excitement, all the emotions of youth. The Outsiders, directed by Francis Coppola. All right, sir, so The Outsiders. So originally, getting back together, we were supposed to do... Um, God, what the hell was that movie you wanted me to Big watch? Lebowski. <laughs> Big Lebowski. And <laughs> I missed it on Netflix. I was about ready to watch it. I missed it. And I was like, damn it. Now we can't do the Big Lebowski. Because it ain't nowhere, no video store. And I don't want to pay like $10 to rent it on demand. It's ridiculous. So I was like, okay, what do we do next? And then uh, I don't. one day Outsiders came out. I'm like, man, how cool would it be just not only just talk about this movie, but just all the actors that are in this movie would be, just be super fun to talk about. And then I'm, and I brought it to you. You're like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then uh, when we decided, hey, let's record something, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. And we really didn't have a movie. Yeah. And then uh, we were just like, yeah, let's do The Outsiders. Like, cool, let's do it. So um, I rewatched this for the first time because the, the other time it was on was the uncut version. So this was the first time I actually saw the uncut version. Um, now you and I both, we typically, when we do our reviews, we have like no pen and paper. We got scene by scene, all our favorite lines, all that crap. We didn't do that this time. We're just like, dude, I watched it. You know, I didn't really, I didn't write a Bible about it. I'm like, Hey, I didn't either. That's awesome. And I kind of wanted to talk about the things I didn't like about it first, because I have okay. a few things before we get into the good stuff. Cause there's a lot of good stuff, but I also, uh, I have some some things I don't like that I kind of want to talk about. So all right, let's do it. All right. Well, the first thing that I want to say, uh, I'll start with the least of the least of the bad. Okay. The thing I absolutely don't like in this movie is the music. I can't stand the music, and I'm not talking the, the actual songs. I'm talking the score. The score really? sounds like there is like a carnival going on this whole movie. It really annoys the hell out of me. I don't know what it is, but I can't stand the score. And maybe it was the director's cuts different than the original version, but I don't like the score in this movie. It really takes me out of a lot of scenes, and I'm just like, why does it sound like there should be a clown sitting next to you the way this, <laughs> the, way this score is going? It's right. like it tries to make things more dramatic, and instead it, I kind of laugh because I'm like, this is not a very good score. That's now, I haven't, I haven't uh, seen the, I guess, 
the edited version in a long, long time. The only version that I've watched the last three, four times I've watched it is the, what do they call the complete version or the, the novelization or what have you. Exactly, the complete novel. That's what yeah. I watched. Yeah. It's, so it's been a while since I saw the version that I saw as a youngin. Uh, so I don't know what if what changes or what uh, you know what was different from that to this. So. Yeah. Okay. My second thing, and this, uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this, but all right. the thing I I hate so much in this movie is there's not out of all these amazing actors that I love and adore, and I mean almost everybody in this movie I love and adore, not one single actor can cry. They are terrible. <laughs> There's only one actor who can cry, and that's Patrick Swayze. Everybody sucks. You gotta think this is terrible. The first movie for a majority of these chumps. Oh I mean, these God. guys are kids. And uh, they at suck. This time. Oh my! I Macaulay mean, Culkin was better at crying than these fools. Tom Cruise had his original teeth at this time. I mean, these guys were young. Oh God, it was brutal watching, man. I I laughed so many times when they were crying during this. I'm like, this isn't a comedy. Oh, I can't stand it, dude. It's terrible. Even my boy Ralph Macchio. God, I was laughing so hard because it's like, dude, are you even trying to cry? Patrick Swayze is the only one who legitimately, I was like, I believe that that man found something deep inside to cry about. Oh, I can't stand it. It was terrible, dude. Uh, but if that's my really only two things bad I got to say about it, I guess that's all good in the hood. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Uh, do you have anything you? Uh, how about you? Do you have anything you don't like before we get into stuff that we enjoy in this movie? Nothing. Nothing that really stands out to me that that really irks me to uh, any degree. No. Okay. Uh, so, all right. This movie, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, man. Okay. 1983, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I didn't know that this was a book written by a woman. When I see S.C. Hilton, I didn't think it or Hinton. I wasn't thinking it was a female that wrote this book. It wasn't until I started, like, reading the, you know, trivia and things like that. Uh, and she had a lot of, uh, she was kind of like a second mom to a lot of the actors, which was pretty cool. I guess she was really on set a lot. And uh, I guess Francis Ford Coppola, uh, once his daughter finally said she was going to watch in school, that's when he decided to add the stuff that was cut out. Because the stuff that was cut out, I definitely noticed. And my favorite scene that I know for sure was not in the original was when Johnny's burned and Emilio Estevez goes off on Johnny's mom about how she's worthless and he hopes oh, she goes yeah, to yeah. hell. That was fantastic. That, that was really great. Um, I guess kind of starting it off, the movie itself, it takes place in 1965. I think they do a really good job. I mean, there are some technical errors in regards to hospital equipment, things like that. But I think they do a really good job of setting the scene of being in the 60s, you know, being in Oklahoma, things like that. And we got two kinds of people we're dealing with in this movie, greasers and Soch, right? Is that the mm -hmm. correct terminology? Yep. So who's the main star of this movie? Is it Ralph Macchio or is it C. Thomas Howell? <laughs> my uh, my youngest boy asked me this last night as we were watching it. He's like, so who's the, which one's the, the big star out of this? Like, which one's the main guy? It's C. Thomas Howell. It's his story. Pony Boy's telling the story. He's the, the narrator, basically, of this story. But Ralph Macchio, would you say, is the backbone of the story? He is. He's... He... But the two of them kind of form their own clique. They're kind of two peas in a pod, the two of them. Uh, he's kind of the, the moral compass Johnny is. But it's, you know, it's Ponyboy's story. Yeah. Of everything that happens around him. It's his family. 
Yeah, because when the movie starts off, he's writing a story about what you're about ready to watch because it actually starts with a particular set of lines and ends with the same pair of lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, So clearly he's writing a story that we're going to be talking about or or seeing later on. So essentially our characters, our first guy is uh, Pony Boy Curtis. This is their real name on birth certificate, uh, C. Thomas Howell. And then the brother would be uh, Soda Pop. Uh, and then Soda Pop is, gosh, who's Soda Pop? Uh, Rob Lowe. So Rob Lowe is uh, is a care is an actor who I've never really been completely in love with, but I really love I really love him in this movie. It's uh-huh. kind of it's kind of like there's certain actors where I I love them throughout their whole entire career, regardless of what they made. There were other ones in this movie where I'm like, I don't like anything they made after this, but I love them in this. Or it's like, I didn't like them in this, but then I love what they made afterwards. It's kind of like where I am with kind of these group of people, which we'll kind of go through later on in more detail. Like, for example, Matt Dillon. He's, his name is Dallas Dally Winston. He's kind of like the bad boy, if you will. The thing that I really love that he does with this character is, you know, he's off right from the beginning. Just the way like he moves his head, tilts his eyes like, you know what? Don't be a wise guy. I really don't like kids. And he just gives you that look like I'm going to kill you. And then he's like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he, he's so psychotic. You know, it, it, it's kind of like he has bipolar, if you will. One minute he's sane, the next minute he's like, why you, you know, when Ralph Macchio's character, Johnny, stands up to him, he gets pissed off. But then when he dies later on in the movie, he goes insane, you know. So I think Dallas is uh, one of the strongest characters in the movie because of how psychotic he is, you know. Yeah, Matt- I, th- I, I love Dally. I mean, he's out of the group. He's obviously the unstable one. Uh, he's the one who's got issues, but he's got a big heart. And he shows it over and over again, you know, that he's... He can be uh, rash and impulsive, but he does have a big heart. And you see, when when people come to him, they know they can come to they can come to Dally for help. Yeah, and he'll help them. He'll give them literally the shirt off his back or what have you. And you know, and yeah, he he may do really dumb things at the wrong times, but um, he's not all bad. You know, he's just all these guys are just all these guys are either neglected or parentless or abused or, you know, and, and just they're all messed up in one way or another, you know, and, and, and Dally just fits right in. He's kind of fallen into the family. Yeah. Um, kind of early on, the first thing that happens is pony boy gets attacked. Uh, when I watched this movie, the first time I watched it a couple weeks ago, there was this, you know, thing under his chin. I'm just like, is that supposed to be a mole or is that just something hanging off that shouldn't be there? And then I realized it was supposed to be a scab from a cut he got, which made right. total sense to me after I watched it from the beginning. I'm like, oh, that's what that means, you know. But he gets attacked by right off the bat. They do a great job of making you like the greasers the best out of the Soch because he's just walking and he gets attacked by these douchebags. You know, I really enjoy how immediately they set up Pony Boy, very likable character immediately. He's very likable, even though he's getting his ass kicked. I, I really enjoy just the way that C. Thomas Howell does this performance and his his charisma, his just. His aura, if you will, on screen, I just, I mean, they had the right choice in picking this guy to be the main star of the movie. Um, And I, right from the beginning, you're instantly involved in his character and you're instantly caring what goes on. You know, I really dig that. Yeah. Um, So Ralph Macchio, my boy, Karate Kid, 
Uh, one of his first movies, obviously. Uh, funny enough, this accent, you know, I told my wife, she, I, I was like, you know, this isn't really Ralph Macho's voice, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So then I had to put on the Karate Kid behind the scenes stuff. I'm like, this is his real voice. I'm like, the voice he uses for Karate Kid and all of his movies, My Cousin Vinny, this is like his, uh, I don't know, was he supposed to be Italian? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, his, his big tough guy voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he also is trying to have kind of a southernness to that. So there's a couple times where I'm like, eh, that really didn't sound too good. But uh-huh. I really dig him as Johnny. Um, if you kind of read the trivia, you know the front cover of them laughing is because he made a joke to one of the off-screen people. Uh, and that it was kind of like a candid shot. So... Johnny is the best friend to Pony Boy. He's abused, doesn't like to go home, and essentially, you know, these two guys are going to go on a go on a what mission together, if you will, or a journey together. So, what do you think of Ralph Macchio as Johnny in this movie? I I really enjoy him as Johnny, and I love Johnny as a character. I like the moments between Johnny and Pony Boy when they're together, because Johnny and Pony Boy are kind of like the um, for for lack of a better word, like the artistic ones, like yeah, they love their the gang that they're in, the the, the hoods that they're with, and and they'll do anything for them. But you can tell that they they see more than just the life that's around them. They see more than what they're mired in, and they they don't they don't want to fight. You know, they they they're the dreamers, and and I love the talks between Johnny and pony boy. And you can tell that they have a, a strong bond between them and they both have been through a lot of crap together. You know, Johnny talks about his dad and how he beats him and pony boy has lost his parents. And, and I think Johnny's great. I think Ralph Macchio was perfect in this. Um, yeah. You know, he was, he was a lot of, a lot of fun and, and brought a lot of heart to the movie. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And I like how they even end it with his face. Yeah. You know, telling the story. I really enjoyed that. That was a really nice twist because, you know, it was really rough watching him being burned later on in the movie and stuff. I mean, it, it's really rough, but he does a fantastic job, you know, when he when he goes all crazy about his mom and just passes out during that yeah. scene. You know, the only the only bad thing I'll say about Ralph Macchio is uh, in this movie is during the scene where the, they're getting the kids out. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's so obvious that he stands there and waits for the board to hit him. <laughs> like he could, he could have gotten out five times. It's like, get out! Hold on, I gotta wait for this prop to fall on me. Yeah, get out! Wait, the prop hasn't fallen yet. <laughs> yeah, that that's the only bad thing I could say is like, I wish you could have made it more believable. Well, why or... not cut that though? I mean, that's that's on Coppola to, to yeah. cut that better than I mean, just because if a prop misses or dude has to stand there, then you just cut away for a second, you cut back. So I'm not the only one that noticed it, right? I no, mean, not at all. Okay, all right, cool. Because that's really the only bad thing I got to say. Uh, I love, like, you know, clearly his face is jacked up from the beginning. You know, he got beat up by social with rings. Um, the fact that... Oh, that uh, Lee Garrett was... Oh, man. Terrible. What Oof. a dick. I know, right? Um, I, I do say, though, that when he... The first time he cries, you know, when he's just like, I can't take it. You know, when he sits there... Uh, that was okay. But the best crying was, like, 
when he killed somebody. I mean, I believe that when he's crying about killing somebody, you know, the scene that I hadn't seen before is when they're in the church together and he's like, I'm sorry that I brought you into this and all this and that. And they're kind of both yelling at each other. And then they both start to cry. That was, that was another scene that it wasn't too bad, you know, but like the first time Ralph Macho cries, I'm like, dude, you really didn't try that hard, you know, but, <laughs> but then he does a really good job later, which then annoys me even more when I'm like, okay, clearly, I don't know. There must, there was some misdirection there or, or something like that. It's just, I don't know. Bad crying is always a bad thing in a movie. I'm It'll most, stand out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I definitely like the, uh, the first part where, we get introduced to the rest of the gang, Emilio Estevez. Uh, he is fantastic, funny as hell. He, uh, I mean, this is the reason I fell in love with Emilio Estevez. You know, uh, just anything he does, I don't care what he's in, I will watch. I mean, this guy, he's so funny, but then he can do super serious. <laughs> the you mighty know? duck man himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Emilio, I love this guy. He's great. I love how... They have the conversation about maybe you should clean your house. No, man, you don't, you know, <laughs> and he just sits there watching Mickey Mouse eating a big old cake. That the was two bit, the two bit beer breakfast. I love it. Yeah, it's Can good for, times. You have beer for breakfast? Yeah. Now, Tom Cruise doesn't say very much in this movie. Hard to believe. I mean, he would be the star that he is today, you know. Oh, my gosh. And what were you saying about his teeth? You were, oh, his jacked up grill. This was before he got his new teeth and he had his original snaggly teeth. Oh. Movie style. If you look closely at this movie, man, he has some jacked up teeth. Yeah. He went out and got his veneers and his fake teeth put on uh, afterwards. But, oh, man, it's rough to watch him eat that cake. <laughs> you look at those things coming at it. Um, he, he attempts a lot of backflips, though. Yeah. And funny enough, the, the last backflip he does, he had to uh, he had to throw up so he could pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. And the last person, of course, Patrick Swayze. I mean, granted, he's the oldest of, of the bunch. I, I definitely love the character development because there, with so many characters, it's hard to have a, a strong focus character development. But the one that has the biggest is Pony and and uh, Patrick Swayze outside of, of uh, obviously, Pony Boy and, and Johnny. But I like how... They're enemies at first, you know, he's, he's taken all the responsibility out on pony boy, you know, and then once he runs away, you know, and I almost wonder when he hits some and he's like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean it. Was he saying that as a joke? Like, you know, he was kind of being funny. Like he really did mean to hit him. You know what scene I'm talking about in the very beginning where he hits pony boy and he's like, I'm sure, sure. man, I didn't mean it. Yeah. I, I, I don't under, I, I never knew where he's coming from in that scene. The way he says it, I can't tell if he's being serious or being sarcastic. The way I take it as is, Derry of, of above all the characters, I think is the most interesting. Now he's you know he's a smaller role. He's a background to Ponyboy and Johnny enough, and and Dally even. But I mean, he's the guy who th these guys have lost their parents. Their his, their parents died in, in the in the car accident, and he's kind of had to become the everything to all these guys to not just you know, Pony Boy and Soda Pop, but I mean, they've taken in Steve, they've taken in Tupid, they've taken in Dally and his issues, and he's kind of had to go from being like, you know, you did reference it during the Rumble that he used to be a jock. He used to be a social almost. He used to be on the football team with these guys. He was friends with some of these guys that they're fighting in the Rumble, and now he's had to go full on. He's greaser, and he's just taking care of these guys trying to keep knuckleheads in line. Yeah. And he's also – he's grieving. He's lost a lot in his life. And I think it, at times he just snaps because he doesn't know how to handle it. He's not – 
used to raising a bunch of knucklehead kids. And I think he just, you know, he backhands Pony. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean, like I just. I don't know how to handle this. You yeah, know? and and then once John, once Ponyboy runs away and and they meet up again at the hospital, you know that's the where I say he has the most believable cry, uh, and he hugs them. They're good for you know up until after the rumble. Then they fight again, and that's when Rob Lowe then runs away, which of oh, course man. wasn't in the or in the theatrical version. So okay, see in this. That is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. That scene gets me a little choked up. Um, yeah, yeah. When they're at the table and you think, okay, everything is done. Everything is wrapped. And they they just, they start bickering. And and Pony and, and Derry start bickering. And Soda Pop just can't take it anymore. And he's like, I can't take it. No, you know, enough of your fighting. I can't. And he just runs out of the house. And he's kind of the level-headed one out of the three of them for the most part, you know? Right. And when he loses it and start just starts, I got to get out of here. I'm just going to start running. And you see Derry and Soda and, and Ponyboy look at each other like, my God, what do we do? Right. And, and they're, when they're running after him, he's just running. He doesn't know where he's going or why he's going, but he's running. And you can see the tears are welling up. Man, that's that gets me because that's yeah. real emotion. Like, like, how much have we been through in the last 48 hours? You know, I mean, there's just so much. Our friends are dying. We've been in this and that. And then you guys are going to keep fighting like a couple of kids. Yeah. Yeah, I love that scene. It, and it's one of my favorites. And unfortunately, you only see it if you watch the complete novel edition, which huh. sucks. Because that was one of the scenes that I, I swear to God, it was one of the scenes that was cut. Uh, I could be wrong though, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really think I really think it is. Now, let's talk about the 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 one person who is like fine wine, and mm-hmm. and ages well, and that's uh, Superman's mom, Diane Lane. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, this woman cannot get hotter with age than I don't know. I mean, seriously, yeah. she's she's beautiful in this one, but man, the older she got, I'm like, dude. Mm-mm. Diane Lane, Cherry, Sherry. Uh, she is awesome in this movie. But uh, I, when I look at her, I'm just like, man, you look even better when you get older, girl. You have no idea. She's a beautiful lady. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, she's good, and she's she's a she's a great actress. And, oh yeah, um, definitely. She is. I like what she does here. She doesn't play it over the top. Is like. Super snobs, no soch or uh, ditzy hot girl or anything like that. I think she plays it nice and subdued. Yeah, um, as the girl who's just sweet and yeah, she's on this side of the tracks, and so of course she hangs out with the socials and she's with the jerk leaf Garrett, you know. And but she doesn't necessarily think she's better than the other guys on the other side of the tracks she'll befriend them now she also has to conform to social things so when she tells them after like look if we go to school and i don't say hi to you it's not i'm it's not because i don't like you but yet she'll just what i have to do right but yet she'll turn around and and smile at you while she's walking with her friends though right you know right um i love my one of my all-time favorite scenes is the drive-in scene because of the fact of Matt Dillon just goes psycho and she sticks up to him, throws a soda in his face. She says all this crap and then she immediately turns to Pony Boy and expecting the same reaction doesn't happen. You're right. I mean, that is the best characterization you could say about her. She doesn't, she's very subdued. She doesn't go one extreme to the other. She's very neutral in this craziness of these two, these two, you know, outcasts going at it or I don't, don't want to I mean, say she's out. the real person between them. She's not on one side of the line or the other. 
Yeah. Hey, you know, she, she is like a real person. Like, I'm not just friends with these people. I, I don't just look down on these like, oh, you're scum. You know, she's like, I'm just a person. And these are people I go to school with and whatever, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Boy, there's, uh, you know. there's. Uh, let me tell you about one of my favorite scenes. Okay, in this movie. yeah. Um, I mean, the rumble stands out, of course, is just an iconic scene is the. As the the rain comes down, it's in the dark. You've got a lot of really cool imagery. But one of my favorite scenes is there's a point where Two Bit and Pony Boy are walking, and they're going oh. to like a they're going to like the hamburger stand. Or yes, what have you. yes, I and love. Kind it. of being followed by the, the socials, and this is you know in the kind of the heat of everything, and this is. Um, after they've saved, after Ponyboy and Johnny have saved the kids from the church, they've come back. He's kind of a hero, and they get chased down at the ham at the soda stand. And one of the lead guys, one of the lead socials, Randy, yep, kind of grabs Ponyboy's. I need to talk to you, and pulls him into his car. And you think, great, you know, and they're outnumbered and two bits on guard. Like, all right, I'm gonna have to take out four guys. I Look guess, at these you know? guys' pants. You expect a flood? <laughs> you know, and it's great. It's great banter right there. Two bit. But I love the talk. They're sitting in the car, and and there's Pony Boy and there's Randy, clashing clashing classes, and they just talk real. Like, look, man, you know. And it, Randy just comes real with him. Like, look, what you did was was amazing. I don't think I could have done that. Um, and he's like, look, no matter what happens in this rumble, no matter what, if you win or we win, you know you're gonna lose because. No matter what happens, greasers are still going to be greasers, and socials will still be the ones who get all the breaks, yeah. and it's going to go right back to the way it was. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. It has to be that way. And you can see that he has genuine like understanding of yeah. Look, it sucks to be you, man. I'm sorry. This, you know, but that's the, those are the breaks. Yeah, I it, love that scene. It's you know, it's somebody being real again. You know, it is. It, it's definitely one of the best scenes, and I like the fact that Pony Boy doesn't you know. He's not disrespectful to him. He's like, look, man, my name is Pony Boy. It was nice talking to you. And then you got two bit like, what'd you talk about? He goes, no, man, we just were talking, you know, and he doesn't tell him what it was all about. I dig that. Now, what's the point of the rumble? I mean, the rumble is just it has to happen because there's been too much going down. You know, there was the attack on Pony Boy. So that's got to start it. Okay. You know, they, they, they came after they cut Pony Boy. Um, you know, there's been the fights and it's just kind of like, we got to settle everything. There's been, Socia has been going on to greaser land, you know, attacking the, attacking the guys on the playground. Like, Hey, you're on our turf. And they're like, who cares? You better watch it, pal. No, you You know, I mean, they basically tried to drown pony boy, you know? And so it's like, it's gotta happen. It's time. It's time for flesh on flesh. Yeah. I love that. The beginning of that rumble is better than the rumble though. When you have, when you have Patrick Swayze's dairy and you have the other guy, the leader of the socials. And I, like I was saying (laughs) earlier where they're just kind of talking like, and the guys are whispering like, what are they talking? Like these guys used to be buddies, man. These guys used to play football together. Well, this is the prequel of the roadhouse. Cause I mean, he fights. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He leaves the town and he starts wandering the earth, just looking for roadhouses to protect. Exactly. I mean, I love it. I love it. This is the prequel of the roadhouse, man. <laughs> oh, don't call me Derry. Call me Dalton. Exactly. Don't don't re- don't touch the Swayze, man. This is even this is a roadhouse even Swayze wouldn't touch. I mean, come oh, on now. Oh. I love me some Swayze. Oh, no, man. I love. Oh, I can't. Oh, 
I love Swayze, man. Good good times, man. I miss that. <laughs> I miss that guy. Little little uh, a little uh, side trivia for uh, that no one would ever know, but uh, uh, if and when I ever get a dog, the name that I've held on to for the last fifteen years for my dog is Swayze. Nice. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Um, so I I definitely like the rumble. There's a lot of great shots, but there's also a few where I'm like the punches could have connected better. <laughs> yeah, there's some 1980s WWF punches going on in there <laughs> that aren't even close. That's exactly the thing. I'm like, dude, I just watched Raw, and there was more contact in the ring than there were in this movie. I mean, come yeah. on now. It's crazy. Yeah. Old Steve Randall, old Tom Cruise ain't exactly putting uh, flesh to flesh on a lot of his throws, but, it's- you know. It's fun. It's fun, and it's it's a nice little adrenaline rush, you know. It is. Even you can't even tell half the time who's who because suddenly you go from having your group of like you know your six guys, your six greasers. Suddenly they meet up with the rest of the greasers that we haven't heard or seen from, you know. And and now all of a sudden you just got random guys just throwing in the rain, in the dark, in the mud, and you're like, you have to look. Is he wearing jeans or khakis? That's the only way I can tell if he's a social or a greaser as the the fight's going on. It's true. Uh, now. When uh, when Johnny and Pony Boy go on the run and they have to change their hair, I was yeah. so happy because I'm like, finally, I got the Daniel son look because I'm like, oh, <laughs> but there's an extended scene uh, that got added about uh, with the whole hair thing, yeah. um, which I really enjoyed. And I, the, one of my favorite scenes is the sunset scene where yeah. where they where he's talking about it. He's like, I, I, I remember this because I had no idea what it meant. And I and I like that and and the way that the the shot looks is fantastic with the cinematography and the thing is the thing I really enjoy the most is when he said that I can only tell you and you know Soda Pop about this I couldn't tell the other guys you know and that kind of tells you right there the relationship they have and then it pays off you know at the very end where he's like hey that po- you know that poem you memorized here's what it means you know and I like the fact of things pay off in this movie it's not just you know, here, let's have this scene. And, oh, it, this doesn't matter in 20 minutes. You know, I really enjoyed this that part of the movie. You know, it's really awesome. Uh, no, I, I like that, too, because it it, it it's just great writing, though. It, you know, from, from hitting his – because Johnny listens. Johnny doesn't just sit there and pony boys talking about this and that. Johnny's listening, and he he's thinking about it. And it comes to pay back at the end, and it kind of – after Johnny's gone, it's another way of showing what a – great bond these two had was like look man i thought about what you said and this is what i think it means yeah that's great i you know that's great a lot of times you talk to a friend and not sure if you're even hearing you you know i I think that's pretty great now one thing i did notice is the death of johnny hits people hard you really feel that in the movie but the one thing i feel that the movie didn't do a good job of doing is when when dally dies it's almost like nobody cares. They care the scene where it happens, but then nobody talks about it because I I actually thought it was the last scene in the movie, but it's not. But like the next, you know, that's where the scene happens where there'll be the fight at Pony Boy's house and stuff. It's like the only time it's brought back up again is when they're in the when Rob Lowe brings up. He's like, nobody's been the same since you know Dally died. It's like I feel like it's like when he died, nobody gave a rip. But I don't know. I think it's because here's here's kind. Of, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, because it is kind of it did kind of jump from him dying to just and, and then moving on. I think part of it might be just my opinion that no one's exactly surprised. Yeah. Dally lived this life. 
Yeah. And and no one's surprised that Dally uh, ended up getting shot by a cop. Um, you know, it sucks, but yeah, when he calls, I mean, if if he calls and says, "Derry, I I just knocked over a, a gas station. I need you to meet me at the park." And Derry's like, "Okay." It's not like you did what? It's like, "Oh god, here we go again." Yeah. Dally pulling a gun on a gas station guy and robbing him, you know, and and so I thought that was that might be part of it is just like, yeah, we all kind of knew he was going to go down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Uh, kind of sucks. I, now, I have a question for you. Talking yeah. about, you were talking about the cinematography and kind of stylistic choices for this movie. There's a couple of things um, I'm kind of curious what you think about. So, in the scene where Pony Boy's being drowned and Johnny pulls the switchblade out. Yep. And the way we know that someone just got stabbed is because the screen the screen just kind of goes red. Exactly. And the and the same thing kind of happens with when they're in the fire and they're saving the kids and as Johnny's waiting for the beam to fall on him, um they kind of flash and then it kind of you just kind of the you, you see this beam and a big thing of fire and that's kind of cut. That's the end of that scene is like this flame comes up on the screen and and we're outside then throwing kids on the ground. Yeah. What do you think of that? Especially like the blood scene. I thought that's kind of a weird stylistic choice for this it's, movie. Uh, it's pre-J.J. Abrams lens flare. So, <laughs> um, Okay, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Because clearly the red represents blood. Somebody got stabbed. There you go. Um, I think that fits. But with the fire, number one, it's so obvious he's waiting for the board to hit him. And when it does, then you're right. The screen kind of... It's a really bad shot. I, I, the whole fire thing, for example, I think the fire scene is the weakest scene in the whole movie. Not and it John- should be the most impactful. Exactly. Craziest. Here's why. Okay, number one, they go in there, and they're the way they're taking out the boards. It's like, uh, it's no big deal. Not gonna burn. They go in there, and when after Pony Boy gets or one of them gets bit by a kid. The whole time Johnny's smiling when he's giving the kids the pony boy. I'm like, you shouldn't be smiling. You should be in utter fear right now. I mean, Uh, and as easily as Dally is outside just pulling boards off windows, kids should be able to get out any window they want. Yeah. Because he's just ripping boards off like no big deal. Yeah. I think it's the worst scene of the movie. (laughs) I really do. Um, I don't like, I really don't like any part. I I get why it's there. Now, I don't like the scene. I think it's done terribly, but the the aftermath of it is fantastic. It's the most emotional, or one of the most emotional impacts of it. So I need the scene, even though I don't like the way it's shot. I need the scene for the story. I the scene itself is very important. What's happening in the scene is important, but yep. the way it's shot is terrible. It felt like they had like they were actually burning this church, or they had one shot with it. Like, well, light the church up roll the cameras and they got what they got and that's what they used it's what it felt like yeah like, we could have done this better but yeah but the church is already burned we can only get do it once um there's a couple other things that i loved about this was one was right after that pony boy kind of comes to in the ambulance kind of snaps too yeah. i like i like that where he's just like wait what's going on blah blah and then it cuts almost immediately to him just sitting in the hospital with the smoke on his face <laughs> lighting a cigarette <laughs> I love but I'm like, wait, we just let him go. And he's like, don't even clean him up. Like, just go sit in the hall. Yeah. And what I love is, <laughs> is that when Dally comes by, he's like, you ever do that again? I'll kill you. I love that. I thought that was funny. And then I'm like, OK, so wait a second. They're wanted by the police. Why the hell did he get to go home? 
Uh, I know. Yeah, they just kind of like wait because at one point they mentioned like, oh, they want to charge me, charge Johnny for manslaughter, and it's like, okay, and the rest of you guys like, wait, aren't you an accomplice in that? Apparently, nope. Don't yeah, worry about it. It's, um, it's the '60s. Who cares? I guess. Yeah, there was a time you could smoke in hospitals openly. Yeah, who, who cares? That that always jars me these days. It not only that. This movie uh, ignited a, uh, a a craving in me that I haven't had in a while. <laughs> there was so much light and cigarettes. Oh man, it's like watching Mad Men. Oh. <laughs> well, Just you... firing up everywhere. Who cares? Now, now nobody in Jameson's family was harmed during the making of this movie, right? With the light lighting up the cigarettes. <laughs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Um, you know, overall though, I mean. The I, the thing I love the most about this movie is the cast. The cast is fantastic. In fact, oh, yeah. I want to kind of go in deeper in a little bit. But uh, overall, the movie itself, I really enjoy. Even though you know the score, you know, annoys me, and I, you know, I, of course, we kind of poke fun at the fighting, and of course, the, the 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 board scene. There's a few things nitpicking, but overall, though, it really is a, a still a good, solid movie. That even today you could throw on, show somebody who's never seen it, and they probably would really enjoy it. And they probably wouldn't even notice those things that we notice because we've seen it so many times. I think the board scene you would notice right from the beginning because it's so blatant obvious. But, yeah. you know. there's You know what? One thing that I really enjoy about this movie is here, this movie is, what, 35 years old now? Yeah. Um, and it's there's few things... I think that are more universally loved than the outsiders. Um, my boys are both read it going through school. It feels like it's a rite of passage to read this book and to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I did it when I was a kid. My boys still do it in school. They read it. They watch it. I've, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that's like the outsiders. Ugh. There's something just universally endearing about it. And it just the story, I think, is so strong in 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 the book. And it transfers so well to the movie. And that's part of having the author on set, I think, was yeah. that she really was hands on. It feels very much like the feel you get from the book. And it's just it's a story about family, you know, and a family that doesn't have parents. But they're and, and, and despite not having parents, it doesn't turn into like Lord of the Flies. It right. doesn't get crazy that they they watch out for the, each other. They they care about each other, and because that's all they have, you know. I mean, they they don't have anything else. Everyone else doesn't understand them or looks down on them or or thinks they're worthless, and so they just kind of band together. And you have Derry kind of leading the charge and kind of you know replacing the father figure with these guys. And I, I think it's. I think it's just a great story about family and friends and what what that all means to you and it and it holds up so strong and it's, I just I love hearing that my 9-year-old is reading it in school and he watches the movie with me last night and he was transfixed by the movie. He refused to to leave the room when it was on. Awesome. And that's great. That means that stands up just as well as it did when I was a kid his age. Yep. I wanted to watch this over and over again in English class, you know. So that's I think that's really great. Yeah, and I think this is one of the few movies because everybody will always say the book is better than the movie. Of course, I think this is one of the very few movies that can, you know, if somebody was to say, I like the movie better than the book, they wouldn't get slapped in the face for it. It's almost like it, it's almost like equal with the book. And you very rarely have that. You know, there's always so much more in the book. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's another reason why it holds up so well. Like you said, with the writer being there, it's like she was able to help, have her book come to life. And yeah, she that, saw her vision. Too, yeah. 
It's pretty awesome. And that's good to hear, man. I didn't have my kids check it out. I, I watched it uh, when they were out of town, unfortunately. And I would have been interested to hear their thoughts on it, especially my oldest, because she's always got something to say. And she... I, <laughs> and, and, and No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, I loved it. it. It cracked me up, though, because my boy last night, he said that he, he watches me um, watch movies and take notes. Right. And so last night, I was writing a couple things on my phone, actually. I was just writing, like, oh, yeah, this this scene... I don't want to forget this scene. And he's like, Dad, you're on your phone. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just putting something, a note down. He goes and gets a notebook. And he sits down and he's like, I'm going to write notes. I'm going to take notes about this movie. He's like, I like this. I like that. I'm like, look at you. Oh, little, my gosh. little critic in training over here. <laughs> and he was, I mean, he was talking about it today at school. He's telling his friends. He's telling his teacher, like, I watched The Outsiders last night. That was a great movie. Like, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, last week, I had my daughter... Uh, my daughter's watched Coming to America. I'm like, you ready to watch the greatest comedy of all time? And of course, you know, there are a few things I'm like, okay, close your eyes. You don't need to see this part, you know, but man, it was like, they fell asleep with like a half hour to go. And like the next morning, like, dad, we got to watch the rest of Coming to America tonight. I got to know what happens, you know? And they just laughed hysterically. They, they just, they loved it. And it's awesome when they're having the same feelings that I did then and now, you know, and that's, I love it when these movies hold the test of time, you know, and the biggest key here is the story, you know, that's why you love the movies that you do because the story is so strong. The Karate Kid story is so strong for me, you know, it's like these movies, they hold up because we don't get stories like this today. That's what sucks with the movies today is they're all on reboot, you know, rewind and crap like that. It's like, you know, where's the originality, you know? I mean, you, you couldn't luck out more than you did with this cast. I mean, right. the cast is, is the, I mean, to get this many young actors, I can't think of another thing. There's, there's, there's like ensemble projects, but to get this many young actors and they just all hit in one way or another in a pretty big way. And most of them are still big time actors and you can have that, but the story still has to be there. Yep. You could have these guys. They've all made duds. They've all made bad movies. You know, and, and, and so it's not just like, oh, we'll just plug in these names and we'll have a great movie. Yeah, I mean, um, look at the ensemble cast we get in movies every year. They all are terrible. Valentine's Day, crap like that, you know. But yeah, to get these young guys and just like hope and pray, like the casting director for this movie, A+. plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park. Well, what I want to do is, uh, you know, kind of play, uh, kind of play a fun game, if you will, because okay. uh, nobody wrote in, unfortunately, so we don't have any emails. But I thought what we could do is, is, uh, you know, there's probably no way we're ever gonna cover every single one of these actors' movies. So uh -huh. I thought we could kind of do, you know, uh, greatest. It's called greatest hits. Go yes! through, go through everybody's greatest hits and kind of give our quick thoughts on it, how we feel about it, you know, so on and so forth. I thought I that'd was be gonna, I fun. was thinking of a of a similar game where, uh, what's your favorite movie from this guy? Awesome. Uh, well, how about we'll do your game and then we'll go through mine and we'll, cause <laughs> your game will be faster because mine will be like, okay, here's dude, here's his movies, what you think? So yeah, I like that. Greatest hits. Yeah. That's all, right, time. all right. All right. Let's get after it. All right. Let's go. Do you want to lead? <laughs> all right. Who's our first guy? We'll go with C. Thomas Howell. Star of the movie. C. Thomas Howell. Oh man. Now C. Thomas Howell. Uh, you know, I, 
obviously I love him very much in this movie. I know he was actually in E.T. He's one of the little kids. I actually remember him in Grandview USA with Jamie Lee Curtis. That, that was good times. Uh, Secret Admirer is probably one of my all-time favorite movies with him in there. Probably because yeah. it's Kelly Preston. I had a huge hots for her. And, uh, man, that, that was some good times. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man, if I'm going to go with, with my favorite from him, I got to go with uh, probably, I'd say The Outsiders. I really would pick okay. The Outsiders as my favorite C. Thomas Howell movie. C. Thomas Howell, I think, out of this crew was the was the one who burned fast and kind of fell off. His star kind of dropped the most out of everyone. Yeah. You know, I think he, eh, Ralph Macchio too. Um, you know, he's, he's works, but he's not, uh, he's, you know, he's not the guy that, that he was. He had a few of them though, at this time that I really loved right after this, like the ones you named, I dig him in the hitcher. Um, yes, yes. The hitcher's fun. Soul man is oh, oh, yeah. a favorite of mine. <laughs> hey brother. I mean, is the guy the totally unacceptable nowadays, the guy oh, yeah. in blackface pretty much. Takes a lot of tanning cream, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think I think my favorite is Side Out uh, with him as the uh, the beach volleyball player. Him, Peter Horton, Courtney Thorne Smith in 1990, uh, a beach volleyball movie. Oh, okay. It, it is so much fun, and it's got Courtney Thorne Smith. So oh, yeah. there you go. That's good. That's awesome. a good thing. Good times. All right. I, I will agree with that one. Okay. Let's go down to uh, Matt Dillon. All right. He's got a, He's got a lot, man. Matt Dillon works. Oh, yeah. He gets things done. Uh, <laughs> I, I am actually going to go with the movie that I absolutely hate his guts in. And it's, <laughs> it's because of the fact he plays it so amazing that I hate him so much. That's My Bodyguard in 1980. <laughs> um, it stars Adam Baldwin, not a Baldwin brother, but my favorite Baldwin of mm-hmm. all time. Uh, it's essentially this kid gets the crap beat out of him, picked on by Matt Dillon. The whole movie, Matt Dillon is the biggest ass. Oh, just, oh my gosh, he's so terrible. And then he he goes, the guy getting picked on goes to this uh, kind of urban legend killer, if you will, to be his bodyguard. And their relationship forms. It's fantastic. But Matt Dillon is so, he's such an asshole. I'm sorry, but he is. <laughs> yep. I hate his guts. By far my favorite movie of his. Nice. Number uh, number two would be um, The Wild Things, the sex movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's such a dirtbag in that movie. He's so much fun. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a lot of fun. That's a good movie. Yeah. You take out the, the the two notorious scenes, which, whatever. But that's just a, that's a fun movie, and you get a lot of Kevin Bacon in that movie. Uh, oh, more boy. than you want. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a fun movie, I think. Very fun, and Bill Murray kills it in that movie. Yes, he does. Kills it. Oh Grace, my. hold all my calls. <laughs> Stands up over the divider, okay. That movie has by far the greatest, one of the greatest twists in that movie, but still to this day holds up. If you have somebody watch who's never seen it before, blows their mind in the twist in that movie. Good times. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I dig both of those a lot. I love him in singles. Singles is uh, uh, a real guilty pleasure of mine. I don't think it's necessarily a good movie. (laughs) Um. But there's just something about it being uh, the age I was when that movie came out. It hit me hard um, right in the wheelhouse. The TV show he's in right now 
um, uh, what's the name of it? The Wayward Pines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I really dig that show a lot. I think he's a lot of fun in that movie or in that show. But it's kind of a weird one. I'm not trying to go out on a limb just to be counter, but I think my favorite is this movie he's in called Albino Alligator. Um, <laughs> real weird, real weird movie. Bo Gator, him and William Fickner in this movie are super creepy. Uh, Gary Sinise is in it. And it's just a lot of weird characters, um, a bunch of thieves and nobody trusts each other. And they're kind of hanging out in this bar kind of hold up and it just it's super creepy and it feels very much like the 90s post pulp fiction time yeah Um, but it's a really fun movie i dig that a lot and he's great in it oh and he's the only one in a disney movie who can be a complete dirtbag and herbie fully loaded i mean come (laughs) on uh huh. let's not forget that one okay all right let's go on to ralph macchio all right come on that's easy yeah that's easy now I'm going to go outside. Obviously, we all know it's Karate Kid, obviously. But I want to talk about, you know, some of uh, There's this one movie that came out right before the Karate Kid. Nobody's really seen it. It's called The Three Wishes of Billy Billy Greer, where he gets this age, uh, this this age disease where he ages super fast. Like, he'll be a, he's a teenager for only a couple weeks, and then he, he goes out on all these things that he needs to do before he dies. It's, mm-hmm. it's freaking great. But huh. uh, I love, love, love crossroads where he yep. is this blues man and they go and they fight against the devil and it's the it's the best freaking guitar solo mo- movie ever i mean it is i love crossroads it's amazing and jamie gurr's in there she's complete tool she's awesome uh distant thunder i can't stand that that lithau guy he's such a oh i can't stand <laughs> him but that one's okay but I really love me. I say my top, my top Ralph Macho movies, obviously the Karate Kid, uh, you know, and two and three is a fun comedy to watch. Right. Uh, but, you know, Crossroads, My Cousin Vinny, yep. and then, um, oh gosh, I actually like Beer League. That's actually Beer really League's fun. Beer League's a lot of fun. I was going to say that. Yeah. He's, that was a nice, like, where's Ralph Macho been? Hey, look at Ralph Macho getting it done. Yeah. He plays the straight guy to you know to Artie Lang's craziness. Uh, well, he's he's good. I like him in that. Yeah, not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Patrick Swayze. Oh man. Oh boy, my man. Uh, Ghost will always be my number one favorite, and then Roadhouse. I mean, those two are neck and neck tie. Like if I watch Ghost, it's like that's my number one. I watch Roadhouse, that's my number one. Ghost Roadhouse. I, I, I'm a guy and I still, I like Dirty Dancing. I mean, I'm not in love with it. Like my wife, that's my wife's favorite movie of all time is Dirty uh. Dancing. But that and Grease, those two tie. But, you know, I love, man, dude is in so many great movies, dude. I mean, for real. Even in bad movies, he's still so much fun to watch, you know. So one of his greats, uh, and just a great movie overall, is Youngblood. He and Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, one, I think the greatest hockey movie. Uh, then that is my, one of my wife's top five favorite movies is Young Blood. Yeah, um, absolutely loves it. Um, Roadhouse is my favorite. That is quintessential. Everything Swayze. It is so over the top. Just oh my god, insane! Everything about Roadhouse <laughs> is over the top, and it's just so great, so quotable. Stands up to this day. Have we done Roadhouse yet? We have not. We should do Roadhouse. We definitely should. Oh yeah. Um, I dig him in Point Break. 
I do not yes. dig the uh, remake, but I dig him in Point Break. I will never watch the remake. You couldn't pay me to watch the remake. I feel bad you had to watch the remake. I actually didn't. I didn't watch it for the show, and then I ended up like, well, I should probably go see it anyways. Oh, what did I do? God, that's terrible. Yeah, pretty bad, pretty bad. Th- that's probably my favorite. But even, look, there's one that just on the outside sounds like a horrible movie and a horrible idea, and it probably took me... To Wu Fu. <laughs> it took me 15 years to finally watch the movie, and it is to Wong Fu. Thanks uh, for everything. For everything. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. With him and Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo. Yeah. And I mean, three drag queens, and it sounds like this is the worst. And I hate John Leguizamo, but it's actually a pretty funny, pretty sweet movie. It's it's better than you would imagine. So, yeah. I can't believe it. Luckily, I haven't seen it, but uh, I'll take <laughs> your word for it. Yep. Alright, so uh, let's go to Rob Lowe. Now, Rob oh, Lowe, every not, time not I... Not so much the movie star. Yeah, I, see, guy. I know. I see his face on all I think is Wayne's World. That's all I ever think of anymore, Rob Lowe. But, uh, see, and I love him in, uh, in Tommy Boy. Tom, yeah. He's great in Tommy he is. Boy is the dirtbag, quote unquote, brothers. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oxford Blues, you remember that one? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, he made his he made his bones with St. Elmo's Fire. That kind of oh, yeah. really put Rob Lowe, quote unquote, on the map. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, the tape that came out years later. But uh, uh, Yeah, about last night. Um, yeah. Oh, man, dude. When I he think... plays a oh man does Rob Lowe play just the biggest a hole though so well he plays that snarky slimy jerk that you just want to punch in the mouth he's too pretty and he's perfect <laughs> at everything you know as he is in Wayne's World and so many other things he's like no that guy's got it all figured oh, out okay That's Rob Lowe who's the biggest a hole Matt Dillon or Rob Lowe I think. I think Rob Lowe, I want to punch in the face more <laughs> when he's at his worst. Matt Dillon, I'm just like, look at this dirtbag. <laughs> Rob Lowe, though, just has some, just, it's because he's so man pretty. Man pretty. Angry. I love it. You know, but I, I'll tell you what the, my favorite thing that he's in, it's not a movie, but I, I loved him when he joined Parks and Rec. He made Parks and Rec go from a, a nine to a 10 for me. Awesome. Because he's insane in that movie, in that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So then we go to Emilio Estevez. Oh my gosh. Uh, we've done some Emilio movies. Yes, we have. Men at Work was our last one. Breakfast Club. I mean, dude is phenomenal. I love Emilio. And unlike his brother, the dude still has a sanity. Uh, <laughs> Loaded Weapon 1. I mean, fantastic spoof. Maximum movie. Overdrive, baby. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, the Mighty Duck movies are fantastic. Believe it or not, though, he has the shortest filmography out of all the guys. That's, that's interesting because he has the most, I guess he probably has the most sequels with the Young Guns franchise and the Mighty Ducks franchise. You know, he's gotten hooked into some franchise movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. He's got, well, Mighty Ducks, Loaded Weapon 1. There was only one. Judgment Night, I would say, is probably my favorite Emilio Estevez movie. Really? Yes. I hate that movie so much. Are you serious? My favorite movie soundtrack ever. And, oh, man, have I tried a thousand times to like that movie and just can't do it. For real? What's your problem? What it's is wrong just, with you? It's got so many things I like in it. Uh, mid-90s Dennis Leary. I love me some mid-90s Dennis oh, Leary. Yeah. Like I say, the greatest soundtrack ever. But I recently did on uh, on my radio show was uh, one of the subjects was great soundtracks to terrible movies. And this, <laughs> this soundtrack was number one. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just there's something about it. I just can't. I cannot enjoy the movie. I don't okay. know why. But that's okay. We'll agree to disagree on that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Tom Cruise, obviously, probably the most biggest star. Yeah. Out of everybody, uh, I'm still I still love Days of Thunder. I think that's still my all time favorite. Tom Cruise very rarely ever misses, and very rarely misses in a big way. There's just so much there. I mean, yeah. off the top of my head, I, 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 you know what? I'll take it back. Live, die, repeat, and that. That's, yeah, I was gonna say that is right in top five. Okay, uh, and we call it Edge of Tomorrow. You jerk. Obviously, we, it, <laughs> we don't fall in line with that. Um, I like Live Die Repeat. No, I don't. I love him in A Few Good Men. I think that's one of his best roles. Yeah. One of his best movies. I, but I think the best for for me is The Last Samurai. That's my favorite movie of his. And I think he does the most the most that in mm, collaterals great because he plays a bad guy. What about Minority Report though? That's one of the best sci-fi movies ever, dude. It is, it is. I love him in collateral because man, I've always wanted Tom Cruise as the bad guy. Let me see that guy be bad for real. He's he's menacing. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise. Oh, come on. He's Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's made a hundred movies that I love. He's only got 60 of them on his IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> his next 40. I'm already on book. I'm already on, on record saying I love him. All right. Um. So do, do we need to cover Diane Lane? Or are we good with that one? Uh, Diane Lane. Let's do some Diane Lane, huh? Okay. Come so, on. so I love me some Six Pack with Anthony Michael Hall and Kenny Rogers. I love uh, that movie. Have you ever seen Six Pack? Uh, that's the one. Is where, that trucker movie. That's the one where they're a bunch of orphan kids and they steal Kenny Rogers. Uh, he's a race car driver. They steal his vehicle parts and then he takes them in because he takes them in as his crew and eventually adopts them and Anthony Michael Hall is in it and she's Sounds the, like I need to see this movie. She's the big sister. 1982, man, six pack. You got Oh my god, dude, we got Kenny Rogers, we got Diane Lane, Aaron Gray, Barry Gorbs, uh, Corbin, Aaron Gray, remember her from, you know, back Oh, oh my gosh, dude, Anthony Michael I had the Hall, biggest crush on her in the day. Robbie Fleming, God, dude, the theme song "Love Will Turn You Around." Turn, you around. <laughs> come on, man, that that song is phenomenal. I love me some Six Pack. I only have it on VHS, though. I don't think they ever came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lo- obviously I love her, Man of Steel. She's great. Um, I actually like the they call it the sex movie, but it is that the one with Richard Gere. That's some. That was some crazy. That was a crazy movie. Dude. Unfaithful. Yeah, it was kind of rough to get through, but then I'm like. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I. I guess it's kind of a guilty pleasure. But then again, she was in Judge Dredd. Yeah, she was fantastic in Judge Dredd. So, um. Okay. So I guess. Uh. Let's see. Starting with so six pack outsiders. I love her in that. Uh. Let's see. Night moves. Hmm. Judge Dredd. Good times. Uh. Murder at 1600, 1997. I don't remember her in that. Agent Nina. Uh, let's see. The Perfect Storm, 2000. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Unfaithful, Under the Tucson Sun. Uh, then Hollywood Land. Oh, yep, not, yep. yeah, yeah. She's in a Superman and a Batman movie. There you go. I uh, liked her in. Uh, I liked the Glass House too. Yeah, that was Glass really House good. is a creepy movie. Yeah, very good. I really like that one. Um, and, and then of course, uh, Inside Out. She's the voice of Riley's mom. And she was in Trumbo this year. She was excellent in Trumbo. Yeah. So I I love me Diane Lane. Not just yes. because her looks, but the girl can act. So. Yep. All right, sir. So. Ah, uh, man, I, I almost 
I, I think we kind of hit the best of the best. Do we even know, need to go into further movie reviews? We do not need to go into what Lake <laughs> Garrett made. No. No, no, no. Okay. Do we need to go back to the Greasers and kind of elaborate a little bit more on their filmography? No, I think we're good. I think we got everybody. You think? Okay. So you don't think we need to go down, you know, Matt Dillon, go through more of his movies that we like or don't like? Or do you think we, we hit the best of the best? I feel good about it. I think we named about 10 from each one of these. Yeah, we did, didn't we? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, the first episode of the year. uh, No, actually, the first episode of the year was the year-end episode. So I feel better now. Okay, cool. Because I got emails for that one. I'm like, man, the first year episode, no emails. But that's cool. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. But as far as this episode, you're all dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, sir. For you, Charlie, you're still number one. Oh, <laughs> well, Charlie doesn't even listen to this show. I mean, we come could, on, Charlie. He just we, hangs out on the board. Yeah, we could go off and on about Charlie, and then if somebody would say, "Dude, they were ripping, they were ripping on you on STL," he'd be like, "What episode? Well, where can I find it? Is it on iTunes?" <laughs> oh man, good times. So, let's roll into the music spotlight, sir. All right, so music spotlight, man. I'm kind of musicked out, man. After the year and episode, <laughs> yeah, you burned through a lot. <laughs> All my best hits I used up in that episode. So, um, have you been jamming anything recently, sir? I know we, since we've last talked, we lost a lot of a uh, lot of great musicians, man. I kind of I kind of oh, felt man. like playing some Stone Temple Pilot today, man, just to kind of you know kind of say our goodbye to to you know the guy that has the amazing voice, man, that we kind of lost. We have lost Scott Weiland. We lost yeah. Glenn Fry from the Eagles. We lost yeah. David Bowie. It's been uh, it's been a run, and yet Keith Richards still survives. I know. What's up with still that? Still walks man? the earth, immune to all forms of uh, all, anything that would take him out. Yeah, I man, Scott Weiland. I did an entire show dedicated to Scott Weiland on my radio show when he passed away. It was actually kind of weird. I had so my radio show. I. Uh, I sometimes do uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Like, and, like, yeah. And you ripped off from STL underground hour, <laughs> right. but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll do it like a podcast and, and record it uh, ahead of time and send it to him. And so I had done this one and uh, finished it all up. And one of the songs I played was uh, one of my favorite lesser known um, Stone Temple Pilot songs called Lounge Fly. Okay. And uh, talked about it. And I talked about Scott Weiland and the troubles that he's gone through and you know ups and downs with 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 his addictions and all this stuff but i hope he can straighten his life out and blah 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 and hopefully this is to a brighter future for scott wyland we finish the episode i drop it off to the station i go to bed two hours later i receive a text from my best friend that says r.i.p scott wyland i go what what and I go and look frantically looking, and sure enough, he's dead. And I'm like, oh, that's going to sound really bad when the show comes out tomorrow. Oh, my God. And I'm talking about, like, here's to a brighter future for Scott. And hope wow. Every, hope everything turns around. <laughs> I'm frantically like, take it down. Don't play it. Don't play that. So did they take it down before he yeah, got they, played? Yeah, it didn't end up airing. Like, I got to fix some things in that. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was. It, it, it almost felt like, what did I do? 
Wow. Go on and on about the guy, and then he's dead. That's crazy. So uh, what would be rated higher on your list, since I didn't get to hear the episode? Uh Uh, Interstate Love Song or Big Empty? Um, Interstate Love Song, I think. Okay. Do you want to play that? Sure. Awesome. Good time. And there's one thing we did forget to do. Do you know what that is? Tell me. We forgot to score the Outsiders, sir. Oh, we did. <laughs> How about that? What a bunch! Of, what a bunch of maroons! Bunch of noobs! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I give Outsiders, even with my nitpicks, a solid, strong four and a half stars. Still holds up for me very much so today. So that's nice. My, that's my rating there. So wow, I was actually expecting you to be a little lower on that. Yeah, you know, coming out of it, I was at four, even mm-hmm. with my problems, but after talking with you and just kind of remembering how much I really enjoyed that and how solid that was and kind of working out a few of my issues, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely sold at four and a half. So yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I I kind of teeter somewhere in that range between a four and a four and a half. Okay. You know, it's, it's somewhere in there. Depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah. I think it does. I think it does too, but you know what? You know, I'll, I'll not have seen it for several years, and I'll see it sit on my shelf. Be like, yeah, Outsiders. It's like an old, an old shoe. Yeah. You know, I don't like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember liking that shoe, but okay, whatever. Sure. And I kind of poo-poo it, and then I watch it, and I'm like, oh man, I just love. That. I fall right back into that same feeling. So it is. It's kind of uh, an underrated hit for me. Yes, I agree. It's one of those where I I don't want to watch it every year. Yep. But yep. like, oh hey, I haven't watched this in a while. Let me throw it on. Oh my gosh, I forgot how funny that was or how great that was. Yeah. So you know, and then and then afterwards, I'm like, okay, so which of my boys do I want to watch their movies? I know. Okay, Ro- Roadhouse, Karate Kid, or Men at Work? Huh? <laughs> Which one do I want to pick today? You know, good time. So, um, well, sir, should we say that our next movie review together is Roadhouse? I'm all in. Hell yeah, man! Let's do it. I don't care if people don't like that movie. We're we're talking about it, man, because that was. You don't like of- the movie? You? I want you to email in and tell us why you don't like this movie. Because I'll tell you why you're wrong. Exactly. But I want to hear reasons why you don't like this movie. Oh man, I can't wait to talk about because that was one of the movies that I was like, oh, here's the upcoming planned movies, but I hadn't talked to you about it, and oh. I, I could have sworn I heard you say, oh yeah, I don't, you know, Roadhouse sucks or something like that. What? It's you awesome. never put those words in my mouth. I've said you might have heard me say the Roadhouse reboot. That is, uh, oh my gosh, yeah, that yes, that will suck. But yes. uh, yeah, Ronda yeah, Rousey. Let's uh, talk about that next time. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will. So, uh, and I'm thinking uh, we can pull this off in a couple of weeks from now, no problem. So, especially sure. if the weather keeps going the way it's going, no problem. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. If you want to write in about Roadhouse and tell us why you absolutely love Roadhouse, and if you also despise Roadhouse, you want to hear about it before we start hitting record on the computer, we want to hear what you got to say. So where's that email address, sir? Do you remember? Email in to stlpodcast at gmail.com. Very good. Hey, what's up with uh, your your emails you had on the year-end episode? All podcasters emailed in. What's up with that, dude? It was pretty great. That was I'm, funny. <laughs> I, I, I really dug it. I, I'm in this little podcast collective group, and uh, I put it up like, hey, anybody want to email in their list? Because they, they all want to have their lists read wherever they can. And, uh, yeah, that was like the day of. I'm like, send in your emails, jerks. And uh, I'm sorry <laughs> I couldn't read all of yours if you – uh, had heard. I, I mean, I'm talking about you, Mike. Um, I loved all your reasons for things, but if uh, if you had been inside my throat by the time we got to emails, I was losing my voice. 
So I had to skip the uh, I had to skip the reasons for your movies and just read your movies. Well, that's okay because we're on now, sir. We can I can say my reasons now. <laughs> I, I might still have your email. <laughs> All right. Well, I got it pulled up right now. So uh, here's Mike, what. Wait, but this is rehashing what you just did on your last episode. Your top five. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's your whole last episode again. Oh, that's true. But. Yeah. Well, 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 but if you want to find where I put the movies, you can check out Movie Mojo <laughs> Monthly, uh, because that is where I ranked my top ten and worst five movies of the last year. Well, do you like my Avengers joke I put in there about uh, yeah. speaking of disappointment? Unlike Avengers <laughs> two, let's that's another story. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. What were you gonna say? Nothing. Oh okay. <laughs> I, I cut you off. Um yeah. So you have like five thousand podcasts now, don't you? No, it's just a couple of them. It just seems like a lot of them, but no, it's just it's just you know, like I say, movie mojo monthly. Uh, we got a we got our uh, year end wrap up that we just put out last week or so, talking about our best and worst and all that. Bunch of emails and kind of ramping up for Oscar season, make our predictions, uh, which would be fun because uh, my my co-host Brian, you know, has, hasn't seen most of the Oscar nominated movies, so that makes it always fun. Um, and real films, of course. Uh, Jason and I uh, uh, talk about some documentaries. We recently put out a couple of them. One of them was uh, Double Digits, a really fun documentary, uh, and an interview with the director of the movie. And then our uh, our take, uh, the next episode, on the hot Netflix documentary series Making, uh, Making a Murderer, which uh, has been crazy. Just crazy, the reception we get. Just hashtagging that will get a lot of people... To talk about it because people are just obsessed with this thing. It's crazy. So uh, yeah, got those and yeah, and you know the, the 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 show, the real reviews. If you want to see see this beautiful face talking about movies <laughs> every week, man, you are Siskel and Ebert of this generation. There you go. Why not? Right? Yeah. Somebody let somebody else know, please. <laughs> Tell somebody who's got a who's got a network station that wants to get this on. Oh. Um, I'll I'll ditch that other guy right as soon as you tell me to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome um gosh what the heck oh so speaking of netflix before we end did you get a chance to watch jessica jones i watched 90 percent of it so far so it was really rough unlike daredevil where i was in love with it since episode one it was really rough getting through it wasn't until four or five where i started to turn around on the show okay. so i was like i really i i watched it and i didn't watch it for two three three months and then mm-hmm. uh, when my kids went away, my wife and I finished the rest of it. And by the end of it, the next day it was announced that season two was coming. And I was actually happy about it. I'm more interested in the Luke Cage uh, show next. But you know what? It it ended up getting better. It wasn't as nowhere near solid as Daredevil was. But Jessica Jones got better. Uh, so if you're struggling, I say stick with it. It'll get better. I was really shocked because going in, A, I don't know who Jessica Jones is. B, I don't like Kristen Ritter at all. Um, and so I'm going, I could probably skip this one. I don't think I need to watch this one. This, this is two things that I don't like. Um, and, but I ended up like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And I kind of got sucked in by the second episode. I was all in. And uh, Brian was actually texting me about it. He's like, so you watching this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, I really enjoy it. He goes, yeah, I think, I think you get suckered into anything that has a noir feel to it. I'm like, oh yeah, there's no secret about it. That's one of my favorite genres. And Jessica Jones definitely is a, a noir uh, genre mo- uh, series. 
And uh, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it and how much I liked Kristen Ritter in this. Does it mean I want to see her in other things? Probably not. But I thought they did it well, you know, and that's that's good. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's I, something. I've never seen her in anything else, so I believed her automatically right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, is this a porno? I was kind of thrown off the first three episodes, but... Uh, you know, then wait, is this a porno? I better watch another episode. <laughs> I think it's a porno. I better hit another one. I know. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, super stoked for Daredevil season two. Uh, that's gonna be a. I, oh my gosh, dude. Dare and it, I guess this. The rumor is, I know we don't like to do rumors, but Punisher is gonna get his own show based off how awesome he was in season two that nobody's seen. That's how great he is. So that doesn't surprise me. I mean, you got a great actor. And uh, a character that people have been dying to see done well. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that you know you're getting a Punisher series. It's it should it should be gangbusters at least out of the gate. You know, depending on how they do. And uh, during the during my kind of hiatus, if you will, I binge watched Nikita. That <laughs> was yeah, a yeah. fantastic show, man. It was every episode. You talking about the '90s Nikita? No, I'm talking the one. The with Maggie Q, the re the reboot. Ah, okay. Maggie Q, right. Shane West, um, uh, Burkoff, which would be um, Pyro from X Men, the blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the computer guy, dude. Every episode is an action packed movie. Every episode, fantastic. I loved Nikita. It was one of the only shows I've ever seen where every episode was fantastic, and there wasn't something I didn't like about it. It was just cool. so good. Devin saw. You know, from back in the Final Destination days. Idle Hands. Yeah, he's in it. He's fantastic. Uh I was like, I didn't know he knows martial arts. I mean, he was, oh. So I highly recommend, if you want to watch any show, binge watch it, put on Nikita. You will absolutely love it. It, And the cool thing is, is that Netflix bought it because uh, it was on CW. They bought it knowing that, okay, we'll give the last season six episodes so you can wrap up the story. And Mm -hmm. even though the last season's only six there's six real powerful episodes. So Netflix bought it knowing that this would be a show that would dominate our network. So we'll give you the money to finish the show off, which I thought was really awesome. I found that out after I watched, cause I purposely didn't read anything about the show cause I didn't want to know anything. You know, I didn't want to be spoiled. What's going to happen in this season and stuff like that. So I stayed right. off it completely. But if you're looking for spy action packed, just great show, Nikita all the way, man. Five star nice. show, I love it. So there you go. So yeah, that that is kind of what I you know been watching pretty much uh, you know outside of various movies that I'll post in the you know group for everybody. Like hey, I've been checking this out. You know what do you think? Uh, the Last Dragon. I got my kids to watch that a couple weeks ago, and they're at first they were like, oh, this movie's really funny. They were totally loving it, man. Until they got to the end when the glow happened, and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, this is part of the movie. It's part of the glow. Haven't you been paying attention? You know, and, <laughs> and, then, so and then afterwards, they thought it was totally cool. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind here. I watched a movie for the first time two days ago that's super old and I've never seen it before. I am Legend. I finally watched that. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so good. I watched it again last night, dude. So hmm. so good, man. Because I wanted my, you know, I was like, man, I had to show my wife because she was asleep. And I was like, you know, the CGI in some places is really, really bad. In other places, it's really, really good. But I, I definitely love the story. I thought that was great. So, I haven't watched that movie since it was in the theaters. Really? 
Yeah, it's been a while. Will Smith, man, he's making a comeback. You know, a concussion, getting these fantastic ratings. I think people are going to really dig him in Suicide Squad. I think this could be the comeback of Will Smith, man. I'm really hoping so, man. I love Will Smith. So He was, you know what? I saw him in, in two movies this year. One was very meh when he was in Focus with uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, a.k.a. Harley uh, Quinn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, that one was, you know, a heist movie that was very blah. Um, and, and then he was in Concussion recently and i thought he was the best part of that movie yeah you know so yeah i mean he can be good man if he just i, I want him to focus on will for a little while stop focusing on the kids yeah and everything like that let them they're, they're growing up let them do their thing you know focus on will because you're struggling right you know i get it back on track dude yeah i'm hoping suicide squad really turns things around especially if great. if the whole he's gonna be in the batman solo movie you know i definitely would enjoy seeing some hardcore ben affleck versus will smith kind of thing i think that'd be awesome dude so you know but uh, i'm looking forward to it so man next time we get together we'll definitely do some roadhouse I'm, i can't wait so write in please do so uh obviously you guys know the spiel where to write in uh funny enough you know you go on a hiatus people start liking your facebook page once you come back nobody likes your page anymore nobody wants to talk to you no more <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's like where are you at mike and then once i come back nobody wants to talk to you so that's how it is i guess so nice all right man uh so do we have a game plan of when we think we could uh pull off roadhouse in the future i like that response that's all right <laughs> so true hey School's over. I graduated. Uh, nice. Well, I graduated my class. You know, I only, I only went from one class, so I passed. Right. I guess that's all that matters. So Nailed it's it. it's cool, man. You know, and I was thinking, I, I, I watched the Karate Kid Marathon this past week, and I'm like, you know what? I know I said Karate Kid 2 is going to be the last episode, but, man, I really want to do a commentary track on that movie. And you're like, dude, you need to hold off on that, man. You yeah, said you tried sneaking one. that in. I know. You're like, you're like, dude. Don't give in to temptation. So then I was like, well, what if we talk Karate Kid 3 before we talk Karate Kid 2? We could talk a good comedy, right? I think that would be fun. But, sure. uh, you know, eh, you don't want to talk Karate Kid 3, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I've done it. I could do it again if I had to. Oh, I don't know, man. That was my first foray into podcasting was talking about that movie. For real? The Karate Kid was your first podcast episode? With uh, the Flicks? first time I ever went on, yeah, was the first time I ever went on podcast was uh, Flicks. Uh, went on to talk about the Karate Kid uh, entire franchise. Yeah. One, yeah, two, the, three, and the reboot. I know. That's what made me like you. And then I checked out your show, and then we became friends. It was all good. So. Oh, that's something. <laughs> that happened. Karate Kid bringing the world together. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I love it. So, all right, sir. Well, we will end the show. We'll play mm-hmm. some uh, tribute to, uh, uh, to the people we've lost to some interstate love song as they all yeah. go on their journey on the new interstate up in the sky and uh yeah man i'll uh i can't wait to see what music brings this year too not only the the movies you know because the music was really solid last year uh i'm super pumped man for uh for the return of Lacey, man mm, good times man from flyleaf that's <laughs> yeah. my most anticipated album man i can't yeah. wait dude so i dig it and i have no idea what's coming out this year in music so I guess it'll be uh, good times, man, and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna Chelsea. be a fun year, man. So, all right, guys, well, you have a good one. Thanks, Jameson, for coming on, man. As always, yes, always a blast. So, you guys have a good one. Take care. Embrace the chaos. As soon as so.
And then when I watched Fury 7 again, I was like, I didn't realize how much Paul Walker wasn't there. I was like, holy crap, that's a CGI shot. That's a CGI shot. You know, and it's like I never noticed it in the theater. You know, like, for example, when they're like at the, you know, they're back and they're all standing there over the cliff and they're all yeah, talking yeah. about it. Yep. And it's yeah. a faraway shot. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And like when he's in the car and they're jumping the buildings, I'm like, that's not Paul Walker. And, and then I get confirmation when they're like, hey, check this out. The scene you thought was Paul Walker, that's not his pa- That's his brother. And it's like nope. I was like and then I was like, wow, this movie. I mean, the movie was fantastic in the aspect of how much crap they pulled together to make this movie and how it is a love letter to fans. But I'm like, I really don't love it as much as I love six. Six was like, you know, I really love six because it was coherent from beginning to end, you know? <laughs> See, so, and that's how I feel about five. I think five is just great. It's yeah. Been, yeah. It, know, it, I have but, no problems. But then I watch five. I'm like, oh, I love five. Now, eight, you know, the, po- the new poster hit. I like the fact yeah. that we get what's his name is going to be director and he promises new things and he's going to change the formula up. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. I like the tagline too, like a new like what was it like a new road ahead or whatever. Yeah, new roads ahead, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I they haven't even started filming and it's gonna be out in less than a year. I know, right? It's like come on, how the hell do you make these movies this fast? I don't remember what it used to be like. You'd announce it and then we'll start filming and then you'll probably see it in three years. Exactly. Back <laughs> in the '80s, you had to wait three years for a movie to get filmed. Yes. Now it's like they're gonna make it in seven months. Like what? How is that even possible? You see movies like we're we're casting this, and then it's like, and it's gonna be out in December. What? 
Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you're still casting it? Like, how did they make Star Wars so fast? They churn them all. Man, that's, hey, how did they make this Cloverfield sequel? Nobody knowing. It's just under the radar. Like, hey, by the way, we made this movie. Yeah. It's I, crazy. You can just make movies so easily now. It's crazy. So is is this Star Wars movie a prequel? Because I heard Darth Vader's going to be in it. I'm confused. What, which one? What are you talking about? Rogue One. Oh, it is. Well, yeah, it's going to take place before episode four, like between episode three and episode four. It's like the formation of the X-Wing squadron and stuff. Okay. And it's going to be a heist movie. It is leading up to, it's a movie about the uh, X-Wing squadron who goes and steals the plans to the to the Death Star. Okay. Now, so it's a total like Ocean's Eleven type movie. Okay. I have not heard any Star Wars review that you've done. I've avoided uh-huh. all Star Wars reviews, uh-huh. so th- anything you say will be new to me. Uh, on on your thoughts on the Force Awakens, yeah. Right off the bat, you know, because you know Fonda really, you know, totally enjoyed it. But right off the bat, I'm like, okay, Ren is uh, clearly Luke's daughter, clearly because the Force is so powerful in that girl, it's ridiculous. I mean, she like has the power to do stuff that it took Luke three movies to do. So. Right. I think she's definitely Luke's. I, I like the fact, like I said, my only problem with the movie is I don't get the answers until the next movies, you know. So <laughs> my thinking is, is that she is a Skywalker and she's Luke's daughter, and that uh, Luke erased her memories to not have her realize what happened. Because uh, I guess during the that scene where she grabs the lightsaber, you could hear Yoda, you could hear Obi Wan, and right. you could see the. Uh, uh, the Darth Vader guy, Ray Len. Ren. Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah, I actually like him. I like when he throws his yeah. tantrums. I think it's funny. I don't I dig know. him a lot. I, I love the Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> I've watched good. that like seven times. It's so good. Morning. I'm not really mad. Yeah, we know you're Kylo Ren. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when you said it's like a new hope, I uh-huh. knew going in that, uh, like, for example, you know how much I hated Harrison Ford. When he showed up on screen, I'm like, yay, Harrison Ford. This is my favorite Harrison Ford performance in Star Wars. Oh, he's so good. It, it was fantastic. And I knew the moment that he started walking on the bridge, I'm like, shit, he's going to die. I knew it because oh, it was, yeah. it was oh, too yeah. obvious. It was like, okay, ser- everybody's like, since that scene or if it's like a new hope somebody's gonna die and i'm like okay clearly something's gonna happen but it was still impactful it it was and when i think what made that scene is when chewy freaking screamed yeah that's what made the scene for me um and clearly they made sure he wasn't coming back when he fell down the hole oh yeah he's gone so i i like the fact they took ren took his mask off so he's not you know I, I like where they're going with it. So do you think that she's Skywalker's daughter? I'm, I really don't know. I mean, it, the first time I saw it, I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's reason to believe that. And they, they said, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, who runs Lucasfilm now, said that these these three movies, you know, seven, eight, and nine, are going to be the Skywalker saga, quote unquote, continuing the Skywalker story. Um and so you would, it would make you think that. But then, I mean, I've seen it a few more times, and now I'm kind of torn. You know, and I've read different theories, and some of them are insane. Like, she's Obi-Wan's kid, and just all these crazy theories. And, and of course, in the books, Han and, Han and Leia had twins, a boy and a girl. Right. So, like, well, is she, is she Kylo's sister? You yeah. Know, it, it, and that would explain, too, because Leia's Force-sensitive as well. I don't know. 
And I kind of like that. Like, I'm not sure what her lineage is. And I kind of dig that, that, you know, who knows? I mean, it makes sense that she would be Luke's daughter. Yeah. But then who's who's her mom? You know, I, who knows? Um, and for... I, 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 I dig that, though. You know, I like that she's sitting there. She's got the doll when she's on Jakku. She's she's living there waiting for whoever her parent to come back. And she's got the doll uh, that's dressed up like an X-Wing fighter pilot. Like, yeah, my, my dad was one of these. She could be somebody totally different. She doesn't have to be you know, related. But the, the Skywalker saga could be the, the Kylo Ren end of the story. Yeah. You know, he's a Skywalker, too. Yeah, it's true. You know, he's trying to re, he's trying to finish what grandpa couldn't finish you know so i really like him i i don't you know i i can i'll put it this way i i can see why people don't like him but me personally i enjoy him and i thought i thought the scenes that his tantrums were super funny and i thought he was a mix of being conflicted powerful and not powerful i really enjoyed him i thought he's a, i'm excited to see him in the future movies i'm glad they didn't kill him off like they did Heck Darth yeah Paul. i dig him a lot man i dig him a I think he's really cool to see a that is training that doesn't have it all put together and is super menacing. He's menacing enough, but you realize that he's limited and he's learning. And, you know, I, I like that, that he's not just another Darth Vader. You yeah. know, that he is a guy who's tried to figure things out. You know, my only, I, you know, I got a few issues with the movie. I don't like Snoke, the, the Supreme Leader guy. Oh, yeah, that's stupid. I think it just looks stupid. I don't, I, it looks cartoonish to me i don't like him he's probably two foot tall and they made him big you know and there's it there's so when the blu-ray comes out i've already read the blu-ray that jj says is gonna have a half an half an hour added into it like an extended version of the movie okay with a bunch of stuff that he wanted to put in one of the scenes um is maz the little the little lady who gives who, who gives ray the lightsaber yeah betty white <laughs> right. So in the extended version, you find out that she has the force power, that she's been around for a thousand years. And that's why she knows Chewbacca and Han right. and she and Yoda cross paths. And you, there's a scene when they're going underneath that temple there. And she, you know, as before Ray gets lightsaber and some stormtroopers come through and she just boom and drops the ceiling on the stormtroopers. And you're like, oh, crap, she's got the force. Um, and, and then I see some things that in episode one, there's a statue that looks exactly like her in episode one. Like, oh my God, things are just too dense right now. But yeah, um, you know, so the Blu-ray is going to have a ton of stuff because JJ loves that. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. Um, I really, you know, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I still, you know, I'm kind of with you, though, in regards there, to ratings. Mike, lost you. Hey, you still there? there? Oh, yeah. All yeah. Right, you dropped. Yeah. OK, you were dropping out a little bit, too. Uh, can you hear me still? Okay, I would say my ratings are kind of like with you, where it's up there with the original, but not you know above the prequels, but not like far up there, you know. Yeah. Like I'm like Jedi, uh, Empire, Force Awakens, New Hope, number three, number two, number one. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I I put it amongst the the original trilogy, whatever your personal rankings, whatever, whatever you put as the third one out of that original trilogy, I put this on par with that. Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's a new hope. A new hope is my is my third rated one, and I think this is kind of right on par with that. And yeah. That's cool. It's yeah, awesome. It is. 
<laughs> I, I I had to say, you know, in the year end episode, I'm like, we ain't never gonna talk about Star Wars because you know. Oh god, uh, I laughed when you said that <laughs> <laughs> about you know only. D- uh, I said I don't. I was being rude when I was talking about Star Wars. Oh I, yeah, I know because people are jerks. Yeah, I was like, you can't. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, it's like yeah. you can't talk about Star Wars because it's your personal thing. So whatever, you know. So the the, the, the best part about this movie though, because I've done, I think five different podcasts reviewing this movie plus the the tv show i've talked about this movie ad nauseum the good thing is unlike the the uh especially the original trilogy people haven't had time to really get into it and make it them their own and know every single detail about the uniform number and the ship number of this guy (laughs) so when you talk about those original ones people are invested and they know everything and every backstory about every character and it's insane and i'm saying that as one of those guys yeah you know who knows this one people haven't had time i mean i've seen it several times i still am figuring things out right i still don't have answers so you can say what you want and and i go hmm Oh, I gotta watch it again, I guess, to think about that because I haven't seen it a thousand times yet. That's awesome. You know, so I think you can get away with talking about this one. The originals, forget it. You couldn't pay me to talk about the movies and give thought because your thought will never be a thousand percent correct. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm. You're done. I mean, you can't make a misstep or you're just crucified. Exactly. Put a coffin in it. You know, <laughs> set, set me on fire because I said one thing bad about this exactly. character over in row B. Of yep. 735 people in this scene. So, yeah, whatever. I get oh you. Gosh, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, man. I'm, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Good times. <sighs> All right, my man. I am starving and I'm smelling food just going through the house right now. Cool, man. Well, thanks for the, the mini Star Wars review. That was fun time. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right, bro. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, brother. All right, bro. Bye. See you.